Hey, what's going on? Oh, not much, not much. Just uh, uh, recovering, uh, recovering well, all things considered. How are you doing? Um, pretty good. We say recovering well, like uh, oh, because you had a flu. And oh yeah, right? I was uh, I was washed this week. My kids laid me laid me low with the flu. Oh man, I, I I can't make this. My Apple's acting weird, man. I can't make um the USB thing go into. It was supposed to be playing like a little music. I want to have a little theme song happening, but it was not happening. So, oh yeah, you'll probably want to. Maybe we should go over that um at some point over the weekend. Man, we like our schedule. Our schedules are so messed up. Like anytime that I'm free, you're not free, and vice versa. But we should uh, probably go over this stuff over the weekend sometime. I can show you how to make all that stuff work. Yeah, no, I don't think it's um that. I think it's just my computer doesn't want to. It's just acting weird. It doesn't want to connect to certain things. It doesn't. The Bluetooth won't connect to the earphones. It's just. It's just being being an asshole. Oh, maybe you got to get you a new uh, laptop, buddy. I'm gonna switch to a PC. No, I just think Apple's temperamental. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah, we're gonna uh, beat this topic into the ground. Um, <laughs> you know. Yeah. What's one more night? What's because, one more night talking about it. Why not? Let's go for it. Yeah. yeah exactly. You know. Exactly. Why not? Um, can you edit the room while I'm, you're still in it? Uh, much like August Alcina. No, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Teen, you should be invited. You should be invited up. Um, I think you just, just have to accept it. Or, or do I just refresh and see? There, there he is. is. Yeah, cool. there's, our, there's our fella. I got a feeling this has a lot of legs. Hey, and, how's it going? Yeah, pretty good. Um, even if this thing doesn't have a lot of legs, uh, I'm going to beat it into the ground anyway. <laughs> but th- I mean, there's, there's so much more to come, man. I, th- I, I think uh, there's a lot of developments. Uh, Beat it up like Emmett Till, as it were. No. Oh God, no! Don't let's not go there. <laughs> hey, hey. Uh, let's see. We're gonna have to change change the time for this because because uh, now I know for sure Bree has a, something at this time because uh, it started right when ours started. So. Oh, did it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's a regular thing. Like I think she does the bad faith show on youtube then she switches right into here so it's like uh i want some nice empty uh real estate so yeah it's a yeah. it's a it's a pretty good uh pretty good technique she's got going though uh what's that to do the youtube first and then yeah and then the call-in right afterwards so everyone who's watching the youtube can just drop into the call-in yeah but but you know um who who was doing that too? Katie Halper was doing it. I mean, it's it's not a bad idea. I was thinking about it, but I just need to pick a night to do it because it doesn't work. Um, do you still night. do your uh, Champion Shark live stream on Twitch, etc.? Uh, I'm trying to fit in the schedule for everything. I haven't figured it figured it out yet because because I've started being active again and going to the gym and doing yoga and all that stuff, and it's uh, been hard to like, fit everything in. But uh, we'll we'll see. I'll figure out. I'll figure out something. Uh, but hey, if anybody wants to come up in here, you don't need to hear us uh, give a speech. If you just have any, there's no way. I mean, I know a lot of times we're up in here and people act shy and everything, but there's no way that you don't have a take on this. This is something everybody has a take on. So this is absolutely one topic where there is no excuse to, uh, you know, follow our lead. Hey, how's it going? Uh, feel free to unmute. Is it going good? Yeah, yeah, man. How you feeling? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Uh, uh, pretty good. Uh, quick, real quick. Team, 
Team uh, Will Smith or Team Chris Rock? Team Chris Rock, but also okay. not Team every comedian who tweeted about him. Because I, I just was confused by every single comedian who tweeted about him was like talking about how like Will Smith is violent, Will Smith crossed the line, he could have hurt him. Like, I just don't, it's just a snack. A lot of a lot of comedians. I don't know when it started. I was saying how uh, left wing comedians and right wing comedians. The one th- I mean, left wing people and right wing people. The one thing they both agree on: liberals and conservatives. At some point, uh, comedians became the shock troops, like the front lines of the culture war. I don't know when it happened, but the liberals love the, the TED Talk comedians that you know supposedly speak truth to power, and the other ones love the. Um, the offensive for offensive sake, punch down, punch down comedians. And yeah. And I think the comedians have really started buying into their own bullshit. So it's like, you know, I think they feel like it's like punching a priest or something like, Hey, we're, we're prophets, you know, like our free speech prophets. It's uh, but, but yeah, they're really on their own bullshit. And this, this, this guy, Tom Segura, who I've never heard of before, who's gotten so much mileage off of this. <laughs> Did you guys has he has he not gotten has he not gotten uh, significant pushback on those tweets? Because those are the ones where he's insulting Jada in, in particular are like pretty clearly. Uh, yeah, it's pretty heinous. It's pretty heinous. You know, the one where he calls her a bald headed bitch. You know, if he was a black if he was a black guy, he he would be getting lit. Uh, every single academic lit the fuck uh, wha- up. academic would be using him as an example of. How black men don't protect black women, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, I noticed people were kind of quiet on him. It's very weird. Well, Corey Corey Holcomb was saying something. I mean, I, I guess like Corey Holcomb was was uh, even more, I guess, explicit. Like he was calling her a whore and calling her all kinds of oh, God, all kinds of slur words. But people were it was again like people were using what Corey Holcomb was saying as like an extension for what all black men were thinking. Yeah, of course. Uh, but you know, it's funny. When white guys do something, it just becomes men. Right. Uh, that's the problem with men. But, uh, yeah, yeah. when it's uh, someone like Corey. Um, I don't know what happened to No More. I don't know what his full name is. But we did not kick you out. So you might have got disconnected. But if you want to keep trying, because I see he needs to try to come back up. Yeah, no more no, we weren't back on through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why why it kicked you, kicked you out like that. But, uh, hey, Kay. How you feeling? Hey, how y'all doing, man? Oh, man, pretty good, man. Always a pleasure. Yeah, you know, uh, y'all were saying something really interesting about comedians, too. And I'm sure y'all have said stuff about comedians before, and it always, it would irritate me before because they used to be my people, I thought. Because <laughs> I even did some, some, like, you know, did some really uh, unprofessional stand-up comedy as an you know, open micer and stuff. And I, and I didn't find the, the community bad. But it's 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 a really essentially full of a lot of very low self esteem, huge ego type of people. It could be very and toxic. Yeah, I mean it was too much for me, especially at late nights. I was I was getting into my I was in my forties then, so I just couldn't stay up late night no more, man. I'm just turning into an old man by the time I'm fifty years old. But what I found is that like it's interesting because comedians, yes, because they've been being come against in their own minds at least a lot over the last 10 or 15 years it feels like they have their own kind of 
cartel in in the sense of and again i i respect it i I've, I've really gotten a lot of mileage from comedians over the last say 10 years um patrice o'neill was somebody who kind of got me into all this other worlds of comedy as opposed to like stern or whatever too but i listened to all of it anyway like opie and anthony and stuff but what i what i found was that there's something that's really strong right now which is they look at will smith and i you know i mentioned this stuff about air signs i didn't mean to be disrespectful about any particular sign but i think we all go through our own struggles through the lenses we see things out of and i think somebody like will smith seems to be the kind of person who comedians can very easily disrespect as a typical kind of person in hollywood who's an actor he has this lifestyle that sounds like it's out of control uh, he's got a wife that's cuckolding him, and, and so you know comedians live off of that that beef, that not beef, that sense of ego that says I'm not going to be made a fool of. I might have a lot of fucked up relationships, but I'll talk about them on stage. So that shows that I have power over me. I mean, power over them. Um, there's a great book by Angela Davis. Uh, it's very uh, PhD written. But it's it's really great because it talks about what blues musicians were for pe black people coming out of slavery in terms of figuring out what their gender roles would be, for one, among all these other existential crises they were having about identity at the time. And blues musicians were essentially coming out and saying, I did this, I did that, I did this, and it fucked me up. But, you know, it was sort of what we think about hip-hop when, when we were growing up in the 90s uh, or 80s, 90s. And uh, what I found is that the comedians have this really wonderful sense of themselves because they feel like they put it out there. Actors might put it out there emotionally. Will Smith barely puts it out there emotionally in some people's minds. And what he did now over the last two years is fall apart because of his experiences not necessarily being as easily employed within the music industry because we had a pandemic. So all of this is, it makes the typical actor realize that he doesn't have a script in front of him and he's useless and again that's that's for comedians who already felt that way all along about themselves and when they look at other actors and why the industry doesn't let them in so easily it's a great sense of personal val uh, validity self-validity and so somebody like segura is going to say shit like she's a bald-headed bitch or whatever right because he's talking from a cartel community that's very intense right now very feeling itself especially since They've been put out of work, but they've still found ways of being able to kind of employ their sense of humor where they look at actors like Gal Gadot and they're putting together that Imagine thing. And they go, these people need a script in front of them, otherwise they are shit. Whereas we start from ourselves. We pull our guts out and we talk about shit that happens to us. And we get shit from the, you know, the audience. We can't even see them when they step on stage and smack us upside our head. So they're all talking about this sense of their vulnerability. They're being the victims just like anybody else, right? And I think that's what's really happening a lot of times when you see all this this pushback those, towards Will Smith. Sorry, I miss sorry, those days when he just had like uh, just bit comedians like Bob Newhart just set up punchline joke like the whole so <laughs> like I just watched I just watched the earthquake special on Netflix and it was just so funny and he's just making jokes and there's no oh, I sense that. that. I, yeah, there's no sense that I'm a prophet. I'm doing X, Y, and Z. <laughs> the the one thing I will disagree on, man, I, I don't think Will Smith is a mm -hmm. cuck. I don't think Will Smith's a cuck. I, I I think they just have an open marriage, and they just can't say so. 
because yes, I agree. With you. I heard you say this before. You said that this whole thing is just pretty much like out. I would say it's just not <laughs> uncommon with Hollywood couples that I don't know, man. This is an industry like founded on sexual deviancy, if not pedophilia, and all kinds of like weird <laughs> shit that the rest of us could not possibly relate to. So I'm not going to be too worried about what happens in their bedroom. I'm just not. Yeah, yeah. If you Google, uh, if you Google mm-hmm. um, August Asina Will Smith blessing, like August Asina mm-hmm. said, like um, you know Will Smith gave gave his uh, blessing, and I just think you know they don't care. Well, that's why they had to but, come back against it. Yeah, they had to come back against it and make it sound a little bit more like August snuck in there because they didn't. It's a weird thing because they're against. They don't want they're, people. They're actually well, trying to try to say they are right. Well, well, but but that's how. Well, if if you ever look at those um, magazines that cover stars and everything, they always mm-hmm. have a section, and I think this says a lot. They always have a section: uh, celebrities, they're just like us. Uh, you ever see those sections yeah. in gossip magazines? Yeah. And it's always like uh, a mm-hmm. celebrity pushing a shopping cart, a celebrity <laughs> doing yoga, and there's something like people use the word "larger than life," but I don't think people actually want larger than life. I think people want larger versions of their life. I think people are just kind of boring and just kind of whatever. And they want to mm-hmm. imagine that celebrities... I think people like Drake so much because Drake is a guy that mm-hmm. makes celebrity look boring as shit. Like, yeah. when I see Drake <laughs> fla- flexing and flossing, it's like, this is like what I was doing in college just with more money. Like, it's so corny. Like, how was he... Start, started corner... interrupt. I wish yeah. y'all could have just heard what happened. I was... Oh, my God. Oh, no, what happened? Well, because I was... Uh, when the show started... I was upstairs. Uh, I was upstairs in, in my room, um, and I just came downstairs, like into my office, to plug it, plug into, like my uh, like my sound system. Right, my daughter, as she sees me going downstairs, asks me, "Daddy, where are you going?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm going downstairs." She says, "You going to work?" I says, "Yeah, I'm going to work." She says, "Okay, go get that money," and she literally pushed <laughs> me like like pushed the back <laughs> of my legs towards the basement door so I could go downstairs. She says, "Go get that money." <laughs> Oh nice. my god! I know what I'm There's doing around here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. Yeah, on. yeah, but oh, no, not she locked the door behind you too. She did. She closed <laughs> the door behind me, bro. I'm yeah. not allowed to come back. So don't come out. I'll unlock this in an hour and a half. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, you know why I think these cuck. The, you know, like, and Segura was doing this. He was doing hashtag cuck will, which is a very fucking weird hashtag, if you ask me. Uh, is like what Will did. Uh, was sort of the opposite of what a cuck would do, right? Like, he he was defending his woman uh, from the insults of another man, but they only doubled or tripled down on calling him a cuck because of it. So I'm like, these people aren't serious about what, what, this at all. Well, no, like, no, yeah, well, well, no I would say it's the opposite. Their response to it is like the most cuck-like behavior, where it's like, oh yeah, you can just say you, say or do whatever about my wife. I mean, you know, do you what you no, want to do. No, no I, say, I say it's the opposite. I say because they think he's a cuck, once you're a cuck, Anything you do, no, exactly. Just, yeah, he, because they're saying like, now that because they're saying like, oh, he was smiling. He didn't actually find it offensive. It wasn't until he saw, you know, Jada rolling her eyes that he was like, oops, I better do what she says. But that's I'm not a, what a cuck is. <laughs> you know? No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not even talking about that. I'm saying that yeah. um, they think he was somebody who's cuck. So even if he's doing something badass now, you're doing something badass in defense of a woman who's cucking you. So that's makes you a cuck. It's like multiplying a positive oh, number by. If you multiply a positive number by a negative number, you just get a bigger negative number. 
Like, you know, it's, it's like multiplying negative nine by five. You just get negative 45. They think, <laughs> they think he has a wife who's treating him bad. So it's like, oh, you're doing all this. Okay, but that's like that's a woman, the who, a woman who cucks you. Cucked so and that, that makes you like, a super cuck. No, like, yeah. there's a difference between being cucked and being henpecked. Like, henpecked is you just do whatever you want you to do. Being cucked is like, you actually, like, there's a part of you that gets off on watching your wife, um, you know, solicit outside your marriage. And perhaps you're even there watching it. But these, guys, but these guys don't understand. These guys don't understand yeah. kink. They just think it's all, you know, the same thing. But, but like, but like what I was saying before about like larger than life, than rather just than just large okay, life, and it's like you know. You see, no, no, I refuse to believe. Oh, oh, refuse, hold on, hold on. I was gonna say like, okay, let me get this point in real quick. I refuse to believe that. Okay. Because white dudes are the biggest cuck purveyors on the face of the fucking planet. Like, they, you cannot tell me that at least one or two of these people that are calling him a cuck are not themselves cucks. And on top of that, you got to remember, man. This is comedians, though. They 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 always have to the have worst. the last word. <laughs> Who have the lowest self esteem? They're the worst at this. And, yeah, but they're not. They're not thinking about it like that. They're thinking about how they can hammer Smith on stuff they should have hammered on Adam before, and they never okay. did. So now they're really but, but on top of that, out. like, and then on top of that, who are the ones most often fucking women's husbands? Like, we we don't. Fuck it, I'll just say it. They're usually getting black dudes to cuck them, right? Like, they're the ones that are soliciting black dudes to cuck them with their wives. And I know this much is true because I can't even tell you the number of times that I've been solicited to to be the bull <laughs> in somebody's fucking cuck kink relationship. That's not a brag. It has fucking happened but, a lot. But I think these I think these alt-right guys and reactionary guys are different than, like, you know, some of these other guys. I think they kind of have a square... The ones that ask for that shit. I'm not even kidding you. Well, maybe. They want that maybe. shit. Here, your DMs are much more lively than mine. No, it's not. No, 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 no. It's like, uh, <laughs> no, if you know anything about, like, the bar scene or the nightclub scene or about, like, the swinger scene or the gay scene, all of which I have at some points in my lifetime been involved in, like the alt-right sort of like like Giga Chad sort of like, uh, you know, the ones that call themselves like the alpha male or now the sigma male, they're the ones that are most often like in that position, but they're like, they're really, they're afraid to say so. And it's almost like uh, the liberal sort of like pro-feminist types who are also into that in a way broke the code. It's like, yeah, we do this, but you're not supposed to fucking talk about it. So that's why they make fun of them. Okay, so I'm gonna try one last time to get this point I'm so, out. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. Thing, it's okay. It's okay. The thing with the uh, larger than life thing, like I, I don't think they really want that. They just want like they want to believe that you know because they don't have any point of reference. Like 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 you know when, when those guys see Tom Brady with um, Giselle, they think, wow, that's the best a guy can do, and they just imagine he just sits at home with her doing the same stuff they do with their wife. But I think. Most celebrities do crazy stuff, but people want celebrities to feel relatable. And if your life seems too crazy and cool, especially if you're black, because uh, I think they already have this kind of envy thing with black people. Everything a black guy is like having orgies and doing all this stuff, you know, while he has to go home to his like, you know, fat wife who nags him and he's sitting in the car, uh, you know, just trying to find places to go and not to go home. Like, you know, that. I don't think they want they want to see that. So I think he has to be ten that August Alcina didn't have the okay. He has to be in his mind to be the best celebrity he can be. He has to be ten that um, you know he's having a you problem. You know you know what I mean? Like like you be uh, they want to believe that that guy next door thing. You know to uh, I feel like celebrities are, are more boring now than they, than they've ever been. 
Yeah, so are you trying to say like they, they want Will Smith and Jada to be their their the shittiness of their marriage or whatever that they think how however they think their marriage is fucked up is just sort of like an amplified version of their disappointing or, marriage. That kind or of however or, or however they think their marriage is good. Like, you know, like yeah. uh you know, they just sit around and have family night and everything. Not that they, you know, have like um <clears throat> trappies and all these crazy stuff and flying, I, you know, whatever. Because I think a lot, a, a lot of this, when when it's like men who are, you know, dumping on Will Smith, you know, I think a lot of it is actually projected onto Jada as being the the sort of henpeck henpecking wife that you know doesn't respect her husband and thinks too highly of herself and you know all this stuff. Um, I think, but they maybe go Jada, through, yeah. through Will to get there, but mm-hmm. I think they can't understand that world at all. But I think Jada's actually like a writer. I think Jada actually. Keeps a lot of Will Smith's secrets. Keeps a lot of Will Smith's. Um, I'm not gonna speculate what I think his secrets are, but I mean, everyone's like heard the rumors and everything, and I think they have almost like the equivalent of an arranged, an arranged marriage. And I think her putting up with the arranged marriage and whatever he has to do on the side, you know, he gives her a hall pass. But they, I think, the cuck like thing they did was they chose bad. I think August Alcina. I think August Alcina is more the actual punk in the situation playing on that level. Like to us, you know, we think that the biggest thing on earth is to, you know, be able to like cuck and henpeck another guy. But on their level, like it's, you know, it's all about discretion. It's all about knowing the rules and the rituals. And, you know, he was a square. I guess I've seen him fall in love. He's blabbing everywhere. He's crying and everything. And he's spilling all the secrets. He's saying that Will Smith gave him permission. And, you know, I think, that's where things went wrong. I think for anything, I think if Will Smith is mad at Jada for anything, it's not for henpecking or cucking him. He's probably mad at her like, man, you couldn't choose better than this. You know, I thought you had better judgment than than, than this dweeb. That's my thought. But I'll, I'll let Greg. Greg's been waiting for a while. Hey, well, and uh, it's actually a fascinating conversation. You guys are really uh, uh, raising some interesting stuff. But... Uh... You know, I guess the thing that was weird for me about it was how long the walk was over to Chris Rock for Will Smith. Like, do you guys know, feel like that? Like, it was kind of a long stage walk. He had a lot of time to think about stuff. And I, <laughs> I just, I'm floored. I'm floored that he just like kept doing it at that slow pace because he was just. I mean, he set out with an intent and he followed through on that shit, and then he walked off like it was no big deal. But like, you know, at some point in that walk, I just wonder if he thought this is this guy's job. You know, he's getting paid to do this. Maybe I shouldn't, you know, maybe I shouldn't uh, cut him a little bit of slack because he's trying to improv. He, he had a bad one, poor taste. Uh, you know, or if he was really pissed and he wanted to take revenge, why didn't he think, you know, you know what? I'm just going to sit here until it's my turn and when they bring me up, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to refuse this reward until they refuse to work with him ever again. <laughs> like they, that would have been a much more, you know, strength oriented move in, in my opinion. It's like he had a lot of time to think about it. And, and that just like, it kind of blows my mind. I think he, you know, he was very, like when he shouted back, you know, keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. Like that, that just passed the smell test for me as a guy who, that was what he wanted to do. It definitely was not, he was put up to it. I, I feel it, it definitely was his own will that drove him to do that. And I don't know. Did you guys feel that way? I just felt like it, it was definitely this. This was something he 
was yeah. set I, on. He was like, "This is the Viking. I have to do this." And then he did it. It wasn't. I see a guy. Who's I don't think he was. I, I don't think he was well, thinking yeah. much about it. Something t- triggered him, and he was like, "This is a, this is going down." You know. Yeah. The um that night um I don't know why I decided to do this, but I was watching Kevin Samuel's live stream, and uh you know he was saying that uh, Jada was the one that put the battery in his back to go up there, and uh, mm. smack fire out of out of Chris Rock. Um, and he talked about, oh, you know, well, he was uh, sitting around laughing about it. So are you laughing about it one minute? Um, and then you were mad about it the next. And it's like, yeah, but he was coming down off the previous joke. And so, like, when someone says something like that, it takes you a couple of seconds to be like, hey, yo, did you just say that? This motherfucker actually did say, I don't like that. I'm going to go do something about it. Like, it, you don't just, like, flip like that when you are in a moment where you are, you're, like, you're in a good mood and suddenly you're in a bad mood. Yeah, so this idea that, like, um, he was put up to it or... He looked over, and his 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 wife's demeanor was like, "Oh, well, I guess I better go do something." No, I I feel like that was a hundred percent him. Really wanted. Oh to yeah, no, he set somebody straight. Agree with that. He looked super satisfied when he was walking away, like real satisfied. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and, and also, I don't see there being an issue with him getting a cue from how his wife is feeling about it, because if she was laughing and she had no problem with it, then why would he care? I think it was specifically because she felt humiliated by it. That he said that that he was like no fuck this right so I feel like the the fact that he had to look at her and get a cue from her to me doesn't mean that he was put up to do it. I feel like once everybody got the narrative in their head that he's a cuck who gets cheated on, it changes the con it colors the context of everything in people's minds. So if it was someone that people didn't think was a cuck like uh, Fifty Cent, and then uh, he took cues from his woman, they'd be like. Oh, that's okay. But what these people see, I think, is they say every every little thing, even if it's something that for someone else they think is fine, they'll just recontextualize it with him. Like, oh yeah, he's taking the cues same way he takes the cues in, in the bedroom, no. or you know, or it's a foregone um, conclusion with him on this. Yeah. So, so yeah. So I think, and, and again, like I said, I don't even think he's a. I mean, I think. I mean, I, I don't want to speculate, but I, I mean, I keep dancing around it. But I mean, I, I personally think that he's. Um, right, go ahead. Oh no, I was saying. I was saying. I, I think. I think he probably has a lot of proclivities and kinks and whatever. And I think uh, the, the ironic thing is, I think if people knew what he was probably really into, which I don't really know what it is, but I have some ideas. I think they'd probably actually be more freaked out by that than the actual cuck thing. Like, like. So I think in a weird way, him being what are these cuck, ideas. No, uh, I'm curious. <laughs> I don't know. I just think I just think he's well. I don't know. I think he's into like some some kink. I think he might be into some alternative sexualities. I have a whole bunch of theories as to why I think that is. And I think part of what she does for him is that she helps him cover that up, and that's one of the reasons why he's so loyal to her. And her reward is that she gets to do other things on the side uh, too, because that's not an easy you know thing, thing you to really- have to do. <laughs> I vibe off of him. What's that? You oh, get a hold. Oh, I mean, I mean, you weren't here for the for the last. Oh, there's, there's I Rita. Don't... I see if Rita wants to come. Um, I I was saying last time when I was talking about him on Sunday, he gives me casting couch vibes. He just gives me like vibes. He he seems to me to be somebody that will do anything to get famous, and he is fame obsessed. And I can easily see him. I mean, I don't know, like. When I watched Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, I was telling them this because I only watched Fresh Prince of Bel-Air for like, you know, consistently for the first time for the show that we had to do. 
And I was like, this guy disturbs me. This guy, I just see someone, he has a flop sweat to him. He's just desperate to be loved in a way that, uh, and then I read stories about him. He talks about how he wanted to be famous from, you know, let me see, let me see if I can find, find something. Because after yeah. I said, oh, no, that's actually a good point. Like child actor kind of attitude, right? But, yeah, but I mean, he seems like he's just trying to fill a void. In the way, I mean, like, I didn't even think he was really that funny. I just thought he just committed so hard to try to get a laugh in a way that was, I was, it was kind of cringe to me. Like, like I was saying that I like Alfonso Ribeiro, and I thought he was actually more of a genuine talent. Avery um, Brooks, and I thought like, uh, dark skin. You don't think this is like, a new chapter in his life though, where he's realizing that none of that is going to fill that hole, and he now wants to recommit to this. To this family I think and I think he needs a narcissistic supply twenty four seven to keep his ego up, and he's been having these flops. And I just feel like if he doesn't pump himself up with overdoing the comedy, with overdoing the positivity, with overdoing everything, if he stops moving, he's like a shark. If he stops moving for a second, he's going to reflect on how much he hates himself and how big his void is. I mean, I'll I, I give you an example. Look at that Fresh Prince reunion special. And he's trying to laugh. His eyes look dead. I mean, like, like he's he was a top dog for a while and you can tell he doesn't know what to do now that he's not... Think about it before. He was not an influencer before. He, You would not see him. He, he, would yeah. not be in, he would not be in tabloids. You would not see him anywhere. And he had that aloofness that he could do because he was the top guy in Hollywood. And once he started slipping, he started doing stuff that you would never see him do. He starts doing a YouTube channel. Like, like you're doing influencer stuff. You have a TikTok. You're doing TikTok dances. I, I, I think that's what that guy is. If he's not on top 24-7, if he's not pumping himself up with... with, with uh, and I think that's part of the breaking that happened right then and there. I hmm. think if, if he was top-notch top of the world will smith um you know men in black to will smith he would have probably laughed that off but i think you know that's part of what was happening too he's like oh, i gotta make a bold move like i'm you know that is a fair point you know like and and on top of that you know post pandemic this is post pandemic on the other side of peak will smith so but it's also it's also will smith's it's also the capstone to his career because he's winning best actor and i think he knew you know, everyone has inside information on the odds, right? And I think he kind of knew that this was right. his big night. This was going to be was his, he won best like, actor that year. Night. Right. This is like his his uh, his retiring gold watch night, where they handed him his retirement, and said, you know, like see ya. Uh, but, but, he, but he was. Oh no! It's it's that's a that's a it's bigger than that. I mean, this well, yeah. is his coronation. This is his sort of coronation. I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like a, it's you like know? a Hall of Fame entry almost. Yeah, 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 yeah. In any case, um, I'm going to step out of the way and let uh, let Andy come up. You guys remember yeah, thanks, so, his thanks first... so much. By the way, yeah, thank you guys for, for having us. We'll catch you. I didn't mean to cut him off earlier, but thanks, Greg. Go ahead, Kui. No, I was going to say, uh, first of all, how do I sound? Do I sound okay? Or... Uh, yeah, you sound okay. You sound a little, you sound a little, little different than before, but still. Uh, yeah, you sound yeah, a little I'm, muffled, I'm coming but not over, horrible. I'm over uh, the broadcaster the Bluetooth rather than just a direct connection because of my phone charge. But I, I just want to make sure the sound is at least halfway deep, you can hear what I'm saying. Um, but do you all remember his first sort of major film role? 
like his first leading film role. Six degrees of uh, separation. Six degrees. Yeah, six degrees of separation. Remember, in six degrees of separation, he played a uh, he played a gay youth, and he was mad uncomfortable with the idea of um, of doing a same sex kiss in that movie. And I I don't I don't know like there's there there's something about the way he is that I still get a vibe that he's not totally comfortable around same sex sexuality. So the idea that he might be buying covering stuff up. I I don't know. I don't I don't know about. That. I feel like he might be uncomfortable because of, he's he's exposing himself. That's that's what I think. The real reason is I think uh, he doesn't. I well, think, I don't know. I you, know, you, know about, you know about Benny Medina. You know about Benny Medina, right? Yeah. Well, 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 Benny Medina is out and gay, and the Fresh Prince of Bel Air is based on his life. Right now, right. he's had some Me Too issues in in the past, from what I understand. Now, MC Shan, a lot of people don't know this. Well, that's what he claims. It might be true. It might not. It's hearsay. But MC Shan was supposed to be the first person who was offered the freshman of Bel Air. MC Shan said recently, uh, yeah, Benny Medina tried some funny stuff with me. Uh, you know, some uh, funny stuff is his words, not mine, uh, to be clear. He said, uh, he had some funny stuff with me. And then next thing I knew, I was dropped and they weren't moving forward with me. Then, next thing he hears, uh, Will Smith has the role. I don't know. That's interesting. But Will Smith, a lot of people will notice, before the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, he had a huge tax bill. He was in huge trouble. He was like millions. His second album flopped. His second album flopped, and it, was, it went like plastic. And he was like dead in the water. He's like, "Holy shit, am I am I a one hit or two hit wonder? Like, what the fuck am I gonna do?" And, and he talks about this that that he because he spent all the money from the first album. And, and this is, that's another reason why I think this guy is just so desperate to be loved. Like, like it's just crazy to just get millions in teenager. He just spend it all. He said, "Oh, I'll just make another couple million in the next album, and then I'll just pay it." So you'll see IRS millions. After supposedly, if you put all this together, after MC Shan. Uh, turns down, turns down the role and said, "I don't want to do." No, turns down like these gay advances, according to him. And then the next person they go to is somebody with a 1.6 million uh, tax bill and no way to pay it off. And suddenly he has the role. I just think there's just too much stuff in there that just circumstantially makes me think. I, I mean, this is all speculation. Hey, um, it's all hearsay. Hey, uh, T, I, I uh, actually the reason why I. I called in is actually because of this um this isn't what i was gonna ask about but i don't know if you remember or if this is i thought maybe this is what you were kind of like implying but um back in the day like i I went down this rabbit hole and professor griff from uh public enemy used to have i don't know if it was his own youtube channel or if there were just lots of youtube videos of him but um do you, you know what i'm talking about Oh, I used to watch him a lot. He, yeah, he, he used to say, yeah, but I mean, uh, yeah, you had to be specific. He to, he, some of the stuff he used to say was really out the box, but he, so I'm not, you know, I'm not like, anyway, but I went down this whole rabbit hole with it and he's like a big thing of like his thing was of like black male rappers, like having to do like casting couch type stuff, like to get in and he had a whole thing and it's just funny because q brought this up too like so he had a whole thing about will smith and i remember at the time being kind of like uh 
I, I, I sort of took it all with a grain of salt because the real thing that he was talking about with Will Smith was six degrees of separation. It wasn't like that he was actually had to do casting couch kind of stuff. Although it was sort of unclear. He was kind of like blurring the line between that role, if he was just talking about the role, or if he was saying that that was like the like real life. So when you were saying that, I was kind of wondering, and, and in, in I, I, it's been, this is like years and years ago that, that there was this whole YouTube of this, but I do remember like, there was like a bunch of stuff about this kind of like, like specifically in hip hop in, I guess the nineties, this kind of conspiracy theory or whatever, that there was some sort of, and, and Professor Griff was sort of taking it more to this place of like, not even that it was like, a, I guess, traditional, casting or i mean i don't know maybe this is just splitting hairs but that it was like sort of about like emasculating these black men into the industry and that was sort of like the, the initiation like they had to be emasculated or so you know whatever well well well, um, well, well, well think about this right um how many black action stars really get love scenes i mean i remember sylvester stallone used to like you know get romances um Arnold Schwarzenegger used to get love interest and everything, but it's like uh, The Rock is like asexual. He has all those muscles <laughs> just to be a big cartoon character. Um, they, they're either asexual or they're happily married, but they're not. There's no the idea of a black guy who is straight, available and maximizing his sexual advantage. I think is very scary. So he, he's he's kind of asexual. Uh, Will Smith, and I think this is another reason why he has to be married. If he's not married uh, and in the family, uh, Will Smith had no sex in his movies until like that Margot Robbie one. You know, um, he, even if he has like, a, a love interest, it's the most chaste um, thing thing possible. Uh, Eddie Murphy didn't really like you know hook up like that. When, when they're doing black movies for black audiences, they do. But if it's a yeah, like like if, Boomerang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Boomerang, when he has a black audience, he had like a ton of. Uh, that was a black movie for black people. He had a ton of whatever. Yeah. But, but in Beverly Hills, in Beverly Hills Cop, forty-eight hours, he is not doing anything. Nick Nolte has a love interest. He does not have. They don't want to uh, believe that you know, uh, black men are just like you know do, doing their thing with all that money. Well, you're blowing my mind. I thought they only did this to to Asian guys. <laughs> I mean, I mean, but, but think about it. Black mainstream, black mainstream guys don't get uh, love interest, and I think that's why it's no, almost so better true, for. Man, like I, I, that's Knights. why I think it's better. Oh, no, I, I, I say this real quick. That's why I think it's almost better for him oh, to yeah, be yeah, cucked. Yeah, that's why I think it's almost better for him for his public image to portray himself as cucked than to portray himself as. Oh, well, actually, no. We just have a swinging life, and I just let her do that because I've just banged a hundred people. That's actually worse for him. He's actually. Sick as it is, he's actually better off letting white America think he's a cuck well, than to think the truth. I think. T, I got I got one question for you in relation to that. And I, I I'm not like super up on uh, Will and Jada. I used, you know it's funny. Jada uh, uh, Pinkett was on that show, that Cosby Show spinoff, and I had the biggest crush on her. Wasn't she in that show? Um, oh yeah, she she was in Different World. She, she different looked, World. Yeah, she looked cool too. I had such a crush on her, on her in Different World, man. Like oh my god, but um. I'm not super up on their their lives or anything, but I do know because I just saw it on Instagram. People posting this clip. This, I mean, this thing that I guess Will Smith was talking about how he got he got like so late, like he got laid so much that he would like vomit when he 
when he would ejaculate or so like he was saying all this kind of crazy shit oh oh you said that sex oh. oh wow yeah yeah there's this weird thing going around i, I i'd have, you'd have to google it but him saying that like you know he, he like had so much like pussy i guess you know that like he it was i was kind of surprised and the other thing last thing i'll, I'll throw out and then I'll, I'll hop off i just just to kind of throw in there is that like i used to also be really obsessed with scientology and that's like another thing that's a little weird because like i mean it seems does seem like john travolta is legitimately closeted um and and it, you know and that uh scientology has a problem with gay people you know so that's another thing i, I think in this whole thing that's a little interesting at least is, is the scientology angle and i actually didn't realize how into scientology Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith were until I kind of went down a little rabbit hole with that about this like school that they started that was like actually a Scientology thing and like, blah blah blah. But I think that kind of maybe. But I think Avita um, was saying this that the Scientology thing is not uh, proven; it's a rumor. I thought it was true, but and then I looked, and then I really can't find any place where he says um, that he's. <laughs> Oh really? That's interesting. Y- yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he's been speculating. He was hanging out with Tom Cruise a lot and stuff. I think that might be where it started. But um, well, um, there isn't. If you look into it, there is a whole article about that, that they started this school and that it was supposed to have this like alternative curriculum, but it turned out the curriculum was all Scientology. But um, I will. Admit I, have to, I have to double. I have to double check that. Maybe it is true. There, there are many uh, undercover Scientologists, though, right? Aren't they like usually very out in the open and? And advocating for it, and it's not like they they hide their affiliation, especially if you're someone of his status. I mean, if anybody if anybody wants to Google this, by all means, uh, feel free. Here's something interesting. After I brought up my theory that I think you know there's something uh, demonic about Will Smith's drive that disturbs me, and I think at first he he channeled it into that flop sweat over the top comedy that he was doing. There's one episode. Like, like the longer I was watching Fresh Prince, I was getting more and more disturbed instead of getting uh, happy. I'm like, because I was binging it. I think maybe binging it makes you jump out. But there's a blooper episode, and he's clapping and singing in a church choir, and all the comments were loving it. I'm like, this guy scares the shit out of me. Like, <laughs> like this is the. Um, if anybody's ever seen that scene, knows what I'm talking about. It's, it's considered like an iconic scene, but it scares the shit out of me. But then people started sending me like clips they were like yo t after you said this i'm looking at this speech and and i think i see what you're talking about and someone sent me this and i think this totally captures what and, and like my theory what i think is i think when you're driven like that you don't know what that dude did to get famous and anytime that he's not on top or if he falls if you do all that stuff and you end up back in the bottom then you really have to think like damn i did all that and now I gotta sit here and think about it. I don't have all that startup and constant adulation. And I think, like maybe what he did to get famous, or or as he got famous, is will haunt the shit out of him if he's not on top all the time. But listen, listen, listen to this, and then I'll go to Olivier. But but, but listen to this. And I thought this that somebody sent me after I said that was interesting. Wait, I think it might be too low. Were you able to hear that? No. Okay. Let me try. No, let me try. It. It. Let me try it again. And I remember making a decision. Then why is it? You still don't hear it, right? I heard it a little bit, but it was a okay. little low. Okay. Let me try one more thing because this this is good. And 
I definitely want it to work. Hold on. I have an idea. Just give me a second. Okay, let's see if this works. decision that nobody would ever cheat on me again and the way I was going to do that is by being the biggest actor on earth right so it's, there's there's been this weird psychology that I've always felt like if my movies are number one my life is going to work out great you know and like we able to hear that yeah, is that Will Smith yeah, that's what's been talking. Yeah, can, so he's saying, he, send me the audio and I can, I can run it. It should come through a lot louder. Um, oh, okay, cool. So, so, so I will, I will send it. I will send what it. I heard, what I heard was he was saying that he got cheated on early on by a girlfriend and he said to avoid ever being cheated on again, he wanted to become the number one actor in the world and that way no one would ever cheat on him. Yeah. And, and then he said, actually, I'll just let, I sent it to Q. I let Q play it because he says more than that as well, and it's uh, pretty. I sent Q, I sent Q uh, two clips. One was something that somebody sent me after I said what I said, and then the other thing was something that I remembered liking when I was younger. But now when I look at it, it feels uh, demonic to me. And, and Olivier, I'm sorry, we've kept you from talking. Please feel free to talk. Oh, actually, hang on just one second because I think I should be able to uh, play it where you all can hear it. Okay, cool. So, so, so I'll let it play, and then, and then Olivia, you can talk right after it plays. Sure. Hmm. Oh, you're not hearing it, are you? No. How how does this work? How, how can none of us get it to play? It's so it's such a good clip, too. All right, give me, okay. Uh, Olivia, you go ahead, and then I can play it. Yeah, that'll work. Oh, and if you don't know, you just hit the unmute is on the bottom to the right. Hey, Olivier, the unmute button is the the microphone shape icon in the lower right hand corner of your screen. Maybe Olivia fell asleep. It took too long to get to him. Oh, there we go. I'm such a dumbass. <laughs> Yo, what's up, guys? I, I I just got a notification that the show was starting, and uh, T love your work. Q love your work. Um, teen man, I don't know your work so much, but there we go. I'm in the chat. Yeah, check out. I want. Oh, no, go, go, oh go. yeah, of course. Escape, escape from from Planet A. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Listen, I really didn't have any questions. I definitely remember some of those Professor Griff videos that the previous caller talked about, and I kind of like. Uh, I think there was a Freddie Gibbs line in a recent album, like "Never let the industry." emasculate me or something so that's definitely like in the zeitgeist of hip-hop of like you know turning people out and that kind of stuff it's pretty fucked up i don't know did y'all see chris rock do the spectrum disorder defense of his behavior with oh, the oh, oh yeah, yeah yeah chris rock is a uh, newer divergent and a minder yeah that seems like the go-to i see a lot of the tech ceo douchebags go for that one so it seems like i don't know 
That's a it's, that's it, a weird. It seems believable yeah. with him though. If you know, if you ever saw him when sure. he was young, when, I, when he, I he have was no young, reason to doubt awkward. that. It's just yeah. like having okay. It is one thing to and and you know I'm I'm speaking as somebody with invisible disabilities himself. It it doesn't <clears> mean <throat> that you get to be completely irresponsible. Like having disabilities does not mean that the world contorts itself to operate at your convenience. It means that there is a responsibility that the rest of society has to be able to accommodate you, but it doesn't mean that the world has to contort itself around your needs. There's also the responsibility <clears throat> that you take, like you have to take a responsibility for your disabilities to be able to operate in the world as well. Like it's, it's a two way street. So you don't, there's, there's like the matter of if I have, for example, um, a mental illness or a disability, some sort of invisible disability, then in say like my workplace or in school or wherever, then there is a responsibility that my employers, um, educators and uh, society at large has to be able to allow me to be disabled without being penalized for being disabled. That's one thing, but it's a total other thing where as an adult that is in possession of their faculties, you also have to be able to take responsibility for it such that, okay, for example, people were saying that they were uh, heavily triggered. They had PTSD responses um, by seeing Will Smith slap Chris Rock on live television. It's like, well, if if it's that out of control, <laughs> if, if your PTSD triggers are, are on a hair trigger like that, then it's your responsibility to not be watching television that could possibly trigger oh, you. You know, like television doesn't have the responsibility to cater to people that have PTSD triggers and simply not show things that could possibly be violent. It just means that you shouldn't be watching I mean, that kind of television. I mean, I, I will say, of all the things okay. I would imagine to have something that would trigger me, I would not expect the Oscars to be that. So it's the same thing where, where if he's saying that, like, you know, he has, uh, I believe it was like a, some sort of a, a language uh, disorder as well. And it's like, okay, sure, but that doesn't mean that you just get to say things off the cuff and then people have to understand that that is a disability that you have and they should just accept it like that that's What's, not the way that works but what is interesting to me the way you got because th this is a really interesting angle to this that i had never thought about is like actually examining the personalities of these two guys at a deeper level but if you're saying that will smith has a sort of like psychopathic like quality to him whereas chris rock has a sort of um you know spectrum type uh quality to him uh, is but it, they both they had like, very so, unhappy childhoods as well. No, but isn't, that, isn't that combination particularly built for like a confrontation? Like if those two come into contact with each other, isn't that like a recipe for conflict in a way? Because they're like on opposite ends of the spectrum, you know. Like isn't I'll, that? I would like to I would like to answer that, but first I want to give Olivier a chance to talk. I think he was trying to interject a couple of times. Oh, sorry. That's okay. Yeah, Olivier, I thought you were trying to say something a couple of times and. Okay, well, uh, I'll go back to Teen's question then. Um, this is why I'm mad that this computer doesn't work because I found all these interesting interviews and clips. But um, I mean, oh, I, I can try again, by the way, uh, for that oh, uh, for that clip. Okay, cool. And I'm just trying to find some other ones. But uh, Chris Rock was saying some pretty interesting stuff about his psychology and childhood and how he said he was just bullied nonstop growing up, and then he um, then went to oh i'm gonna clarify something about what um q was saying um 
Chris Rock mentioned the disability thing bef- like months ago before this happened, but he wasn't saying like it um, gives him a pass to do stuff. But people today were bringing it up and you know trying to use it as some kind of yeah, yeah. I, 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 like I, you know he yeah. he has a disability as well uh, because people brought up that uh, you know alopecia areata uh, as an autoimmune disease, it is a form of disability. It's like yeah, you know, many people are going to have forms of disability, and some of which you know. Uh, like you, you, you shouldn't make fun of somebody who has alopecia areata. Um, but at the same time, like if you have a disability yourself, and it leads you to I don't know have poor impulse control about joking about certain things, and you should be responsible enough as a person with a disability and and being able to understand what it's like for somebody with a disability to be made fun of, you should not do that. I don't know. Maybe maybe knowing what it is that disabled people yeah. go through, you should exercise more judiciousness. But but, but, but it just uh, reminds but, but, me of. A... No, I, I would say I don't think he was uh, trying to give himself an out. No, 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 that. not yeah. not that yeah. he was giving himself a pass. I'm saying for the people that were saying, "Oh, but he also has a disability." It's like, no, you, like this isn't like uh, this isn't fucking Yu-Gi-Oh. You know what I mean? Like, like we're not playing Hearthstone with like disabilities that outmatch other disabilities, etc. It doesn't work got, that way. Uh, got it. But uh, to, to answer Teen's question, right uh, about the the two personalities. Um, Chris, this came out a video of Chris Rock opening up about suffering sexual assault from school bullies as a child has resurfaced online after he was smacked by Will Smith. And he says, um, Chris had made a joke about, uh, actually that one has too much. It's by Buzzfeed. So every two sentences has, has a, has a, um, let me go to the people. So, okay. People magazine. With the help of therapy, Chris Rock realized he, quote, was bending over backwards to be nice because I was so scared of my anger. Uh, Chris Rock recently expressed that he's let people walk all over him since his childhood. His revelation came on the January 12th episode of Fly on the Wall with Dana Carvey and David Spade. On the podcast, Rock 57 recounted being, quote, unquote, bullied ridiculously throughout his childhood. He said, quote, half of the bullying was just because I was just a little guy. Then I got bused to white school, and the bullying was because I was a little guy and black. So I was getting double bullies. Uh, He's talking intersectionality. Uh, He said he was eventually resorted to taking matters into his own hands. Quote, I went home. I put a brick in a book bag. This is like a legendary story in my neighborhood. I swung that shit and smacked the guy in the face with the brick and stomped on him, Joe Pesci style, to the point that we thought he might die, Rock told host David Spade and Dana Carvey. Later on, with the help of therapy, because Chris Rock has gone to therapy after his divorce, and he keeps talking about it to anyone who'll listen and how it changed his life, uh, he realized the long-term impact that event had on his life. Long story short, from that day on, as my shrink puts it to me, you have been scared, you being, meaning him, you have been scared to be angry ever since, my shrink said. The guy you saw was bending over backwards to be nice because I was scared of my anger. So uh, he said from that point on, like after being bullied and then exploding from the bullying, he's always been scared to ever uh, be angry. And, he's, and Rock recalled that his therapist wanted him to move past the incident because, quote, this guy brought something out in you and you're so scared of that thing ever coming out of you again that you let the world walk all over you. Your friends walk all over you. Um, your female relationships, everyone just fucks you over. The Saturday Night Live alum said he is not able to quote-unquote get angry and can be better about processing his emotions 
I'm not scared of letting people know how I feel about certain things he shared. Now I can say, hey, I don't like what you said to me without losing my head, uh, without hitting someone on the head with a fucking brick. Now, if you take that quote and then you listen to what Q's going to play from Will Smith and then you imagine those two personalities um, combining on the stage, I think it paints a very interesting picture. I don't know if you can get it to work now, uh, Q. Yeah, just give me one second. Okay. Yeah, but I think both of them have a lot of uh, kind of trauma uh, happening from growing up like uh, black and not and kind of corny in a way. Oh, also, Olivia, do you have uh, anything else to say? I want, I want to make sure you got a chance to say any final thoughts before I move you on. Olivia, are you still there? Okay, I'm just going to move on. If he comes back, you know, you're always welcome to come back. But, um, yeah, any luck with the other clip, Q? Uh, yeah, sorry. It's my. It's not – it's, it's, it's working. It's just my uh, computer audio – Output is just being weird and shit. Just give me one second. Okay, cool. Uh, hey, D. In the meantime, if you want to unmute, by all means, feel free. Hey, can you hear me, man? It's hey. been this weird cycle. Oh, 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 wait, wait, wait. Oh, oh, I've always oh, felt oh, like if my movies are number one, my life is going to work out great. You got to start. You know, got to start the beginning. Okay, there we go. Oh, we're so close. Years old. My first when, when I was 15 years old, my first girlfriend cheated on me. Oh. And I remember making a decision that nobody would ever cheat on me again. And the way I was going to do that is by being the biggest actor on earth. Huh. Right? So is there's there's been this weird psychology that I've always felt like if my movies are number one, my life is going to work out great. Huh. You know, and I just went, went. Yeah. Yeah. So basically he thinks if his movies are number one, he has to have a movie number one all the time to have self-worth. So if you combine that speech with the speech of that other guy and picture those two guys colliding on a stage. So if he had to, he, he gave that when he was at the top of his game. So uh, with these flops he's been having and this, like, precarious climb back, man, you know, he has to be haunted all the time, I think. And if you look at that Fresh Prince, first off, the fact that he did the Fresh Prince reunion speaks volumes. I don't think Pete Will Smith would have even have done a Fresh Prince reunion. Like, I think he's reaching just with that. And he was there. and He looked haunted like, I can't believe I'm doing this. I had to go back to this to get some press. Yeah, Deep, by all means, feel free to unmute. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, you sound great. Yeah, uh, the first thing is I kind of feel bad for Will because I thought, you know, I know people clown him, but I thought with the whole, you know, August thing, um, you know, people didn't have sympathy for him. Um, and, you know, especially the supposed people who are supposedly supposed to be progressive on these things because obviously if the roles were reversed and he did that to Jada, people would be a lot more outraged. Um, but my question is, what are your thoughts on people like um, the Crystal Fleming woman you you uh, kind of subtweeted just lying and saying, oh, my God, and saying that, like, like one, 
black, according to them, you know, they're always criticizing black men for like upholding these traditional like roles. And now this week, oh, Will Smith protected his woman, even though like I've spent the last 10 years saying that black men shouldn't protect black men are too toxic. And then just lying and saying this was the only time black black men have protected black women. It's just like blatant lies. Like, what's the motivation behind that? I don't know, but it made no sense. I mean, the idea that this is the first time one black guy got into a fight with another black guy because the first black guy disrespected his woman. Like, so many fights have happened like that. Like, it's not even... It doesn't even, it doesn't even make sense. Like, I think she, in her mind, she has to make one of them into a white guy for that to even be plausible, like, in her mind. But even then, it's not true because there's been plenty of stories of black men sticking up for black women against white men. So, but, I mean... But she's not the brightest bulb. I like Q. I think Q knows more about her than I do. Actually, Reddy. Um, has... No, I, I, I don't. It's just like, ah, God. Uh, she just very much appears to come from that strain of academic that, um, you know, that phrase, just smart enough to be dangerous. Like, yeah, having, and that's not me, that's not me uh, doubting her intelligence. It's just more so like some people have a, a decent enough working knowledge of black American history that they can say things that sound authoritative. And then when you try to like scratch the surface of their knowledge, you find that it's, it's incredibly shallow. So for someone to say something like, you know, it was an unprecedented moment in American history. Like, do you know how many black men were fucking lynched for defending black women? Do you know how many black men are currently in jail for defending black women? Like the fact that Breonna Taylor's boyfriend, what like there was an attempt at prosecuting him because he bucked back at police at the time that they uh, they kicked him kicked in her front door. Like that's uh, I don't know what knowledge or lack of knowledge you would have to have to say something like that and have people believe you. But Jesus Christ, dude, that was like it, I, I what I what I really hate is that what should have been a very simple moment and a, I think a very easy problem to diagnose. Because people don't have the vehicles to turn their own thoughts, um, philosophies, and analyses into something that is popularly understood or picked up, what they then do is shoehorn every social phenomenon, every spectacle, every event into something that reifies their own philosophy. And I think where it comes to black history and black academia, it becomes incredibly easy to do that because not enough people are themselves educated especially where it comes to black American history beyond surface level stuff uh, that it becomes easy to listen to somebody like that and be like, Oh yeah, that's absolutely true. And it's, it was just, so, it was so full of bullshit. Like, I, I don't know how you could say that and have any respect for yourself. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, but she said so many, I've never seen a good tweet from her, like even once. So yeah, she's, she's kind of, she's kind of nutty. Um, Hey, hey, D, do you have any other uh, things to say? Yeah, yeah. The last thing I just wanted to say, because I know um, there's a there's a there's a show like Grape. The, there's a there was like a political show that's made up of people like her called uh, Grapevine. And, and what I just find so fascinating about some of these people is there's almost because there are a lot of women. I talked to women in my family and it was mixed. And a lot of women in my family, some of them were older, like, yeah, you know. My, you know, I don't like what Will did, but I get the sentiment of protecting, you know, his, his wife. And what's so, so mind boggling is that some of these people like present themselves as if they don't have those thoughts too. Like they make it as if, 
like they're not above the idea of like, you know, will protect, uh, you know, a man protecting his wife and everything when they write in academia. And then when it happens in reality, then they start sounding like the people they critique. So I guess that was my, my last thought. Wait, D, who are you saying have that reaction? I was saying I talked to some women in my family who were saying like, you know, it was mixed. Some of them were like, yeah, I, I get the sentiment of Will protecting his uh, his uh, wife, so to speak. But I'm saying that the, the academic types on Twitter, they go around all day saying, oh, yeah, these like we're past all these things and oh, black men are toxic. And then they themselves have that same reaction, which just shows that they're susceptible to the same sorts of reactions that normal society it has, and they're not above normal society. Yeah, but T, isn't T, uh, to what he just said, I mean, aren't you kind of suggesting that the psychology of these, of a Will Smith is sort of beyond the understanding of regular people and this event has, I don't know if that's what you're saying, but. It, it, I mean, I, 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 well, I think probably, well, uh, I have a, a very conspiratorial mind. Uh, I, I think, <laughs> I think that, okay, picture somebody took the weight for you. Like you, you and him did a crime and then he went to jail and you got rich and he came out. There was a movie where that happened, where there was a guy who was very protective of his kind of friend that people thought was a bum, but then it turned out that he took the fall for him, and went to jail for him. And, you know, he always felt guilty about it. He became rich and famous. So he always let this guy in his entourage and whatever and was very defensive of him and wouldn't let anybody disrespect him because it's bad enough that you had to, you know, go through this because of me. I feel like they almost have something like that going where she's ended up becoming the bad guy because they had this arranged marriage and she has to cover up a lot of his stuff and the one nice thing that, you know, she was supposed to have, like you can get yourself a little boy toy and then it blows up in her face. And now she's the bad guy in that she's the, um, cuckold, whatever. And I think that might be more maybe what he saw in that face of hers where he made that joke where he's like, okay, I got to do something because, um, I feel guilty that I put her in here and she, and she can't tell the truth about what's what's really happening. You know what though? That sounds like a that that actually sounds like something that uh, I think a lot of men can relate to. Maybe they have a very very like amplified and absurd version of it. But you know, the husband that feels a sense of lo- loyalty and protectiveness of a long suffering wife that yeah. you know stood by it. Like that that's very relatable. You know, and 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 maybe maybe that's what you know these relatives uh, uh who who kind of recognize that uh we're feeling yeah and i think she's you fallen know? on some sore she, she i mean she got a nice life she has a lot of money but she had to give up a lot i mean that, that can't be great to be in an arranged marriage if, i mean that's my speculation i but i feel like there's something very arranged and whatever about their about their marriage i think they generally love each other i'm not i'm not saying that when i say it's arranged i think but i think they you know I think you can have an arranged marriage and totally be in love, if that makes any sense, you know? But, um, I mean, he's a very ambitious, he's a very ambitious guy. And um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. They, 
but I want to make sure I'm answering your question. But I, I, I feel like that's what maybe really got him uh, to have to do something because he's like, uh, you know, I got to stop people um, dissing her because it's like I feel kind of bad that I get to be like the good guy. I'm already the star. This is my night. She's got to be second banana to me. I might win an Oscar. And on top of having to, you know, be in my shadow as I win this Oscar and everything, she's got to take the blame for something that she didn't do. Like, I think, she, like, I personally think she didn't cuck him. I think, um, you know, he's probably done, like, way more stuff and they have an arrangement. And I think he probably has his kinks on top of everything else. I think they have an eyes wide shut type of uh, thing going on. And, you know, I think he miscalculated. I mean, that's just my that's just my thought. I don't know. Uh, hey, hey, Vita, how's it going? I see you up here, pretty quiet. Okay, whenever you want to chime in, that's fine. Uh, hey, Rennie. Yeah, my bad. Let me. Um. Oh, yeah. I've actually had a lot of thoughts. So I was listening. I'm actually at the grocery store, um, but I'm walking <laughs> to the car now. Um. Well, the funny funny thing is, uh, one of the first things I think he's gone. I always find it to be interesting when people say, because he said what Jada did to Will, if Will had done it, the response would have been different. But I'm not even clear on what exactly Jada did to Will. <laughs> like, what did she do to him? Well, well in, the, she... in the popular narrative, she cheated behind his back. which uh, Even August Alcina said didn't happen. But then they went and contradicted him. They, I mean, they kind of added the fuel to the fire themselves by doubling down on the, on the narrative. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's such a weird thing because it's like very clear that their marriage is like not a, you know, traditional in the sense how we look at marriage. So when people say, and on top of that, he's been linked with many, many other women. Like, I don't know how many white women, right? So I don't, whenever people say like, oh, what she did to him, like he was some sort of victim in a situation, we're, we're not even clear on what exactly happened. Because it, it couldn't be just be cheating because we know he's been fucking all types of women in the industry. The only, the only, rumor, I heard, the only rumor I heard was um, Margot Robbie. I didn't know there were others. Oh, it's like six of them. Margot Robbie, Eva Mendez, um, a bunch of them. Oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah. Somebody had a post with like all the girls. I, but the funny thing is I remembered many of those rumors. And then I also remember him them talking about their open them having like an open marriage when one of their rumors one of those rumors came out. And that was before Margot Robbie. So So he actually I don't know. People oh, talk okay. about their marriage as though we know what their marriage is and we have zero clue. Hey Rennie, no problem. Hey Rennie, feel free to unmute. Yo, what's good? Um, Ain't shit, you know, just got off work a few hours ago, was chilling, um, writing some, um, writing, reading some shit. Then I got an alert, said y'all was doing y'all thing. So, uh, I passed by, but, um, uh, for me, you, y'all know, like I'm an empiricist. So the speculation for me is just, I, you know, it's like we could delve into speculation. We, but we really don't know much of anything about their relationship. Um, one could say, you know, Will did this. One could say Jada did this. But what we do know for a fact is what they've placed out into in the public, whether that's something that they want to put out in the public for the perception of the public or whether or not, you know, they just 
felt that they needed to like share that to get some of that emotional baggage off of themselves. And in that way, I do feel like uh, Jada, in many respects, has um, undermined him, uh, particularly like mentioning things that I think she could just say in private, like shit like, well, he doesn't satisfy me in bed, right? I don't know why the world needs to know that. Um, But that's something she gave the world. And so Will growing up feeling impotent, feeling like a coward, you know, just knowing, you know, your partner, I don't know if that's something that would, you know, help him um, publicly. But again, like, Will's not the victim in this. But I do think it's interesting how Jada evades, like, she evades a lot of shit that she shouldn't be able to evade. Like, for example, it's not the fact that she just, uh, you know, had an entanglement with August Alsina. August Alsina was a friend of her son. And not only was there a huge age gap, which she has a history of, like, you know, as I mentioned on the podcast yesterday, she already has a history of uh, statutorily raping a 15-year-old boy when she was 23. But not only is there an age gap there, um, one can argue whether, you know, one cares about that or not. He, I think I think it's relevant, like, uh, in the in the case of, like, say, statutory rape, I don't think it's relevant between two consenting adults, personally. Like I said, whether one thinks it's relevant or not is what, whatever. But I think um, it was emotionally manipulative given the circumstance of August Alsina at the time. As we know, August Alsina, um, well, I, I follow his work, but he um, doesn't even think he's going to have, he has an autoimmune disease, actually. And he has said, you know, countless times that the album that he's working on is his last album. And he doesn't think he's going to make it, you know, any much longer given his disease. And so, you know, the time when he was, you know, losing his sight and going through a lot, I don't, I'm not sure that's a great time to be, you know, trying to, you know, fuck on the man, especially if that's like one of your friends. Uh, But to me, it just seems interesting how she evades this kind of like critique like always. And so I do feel like she has sort of like undermined him publicly. And I also do feel like she gets, she doesn't get like, you know, the public criticism that I know for sure Will would get if he had played that part or that role. And in those kind of ways, because even though there may be some reality to the fact that, you know, he's fucked all these white girls or whatever the case may be, um, you know, they were. Adults. I mean, they men were. men badmouth her um, all the time, but I feel like when men do it, it just gets kind of written off as some MRA hotep type of thing. So I think there's a kind of. I think I think when only men complain about something, it doesn't quite carry the same weight because I think people look at men complaining as like you're bitter or you're you're mm. you're whatever. So I. I th- I think that's kind of the problem. Well, about- I think, but, but I will say this, though, if this is to Rennie's point, that she doesn't get the criticism that's legit a lot of times. Sometimes, like you, some of those people do be just saying some weird misogynistic shit. It's not really, I don't see a whole lot of legitimate critiques outside of Rennie's Twitter page, to be honest with you. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's true. But but if it was reversed, do you think Will Smith would be getting any more legitimate things, or would it just be a like, bunch of that's like why men, was, that's, that's why men ain't shit. Like like I think like if there was both ways, could, it would be 
Um, like if there was someone who could legitimately, legitimately say they were a witness to him having sex with a 14 year old back in the day when he was filming the Fresh Prince, you don't think he would get like legitimate critique of that? Absolutely. I don't know, I wasn't yeah. specifically talking about statutory rape because I didn't even know about that. So you said that right now. So oh, that I didn't yeah. even know about. So yeah. so I wasn't even talking. So just to just to be clear on my point, I, had, I wasn't saying that. I'm saying that when you Not look online. No, but the point I was making is that I feel like uh, if people are mad at Will Smith, it would be loaded with a bunch of like female incel. Um, I, I just feel like that's just the nature oh, of the yeah, internet. Absolutely. There's, there's always going to be a bunch of uh, crazy, crazy but, and, agenda people. But that was what I, facts. That's my point, though. But that's exactly my point. That a lot of times, like for example, sometimes like there are conversations where I think can be very legitimate. It's mm. But the problem is the people who are arguing it are saying a bunch of dumb shit and it right. fucks up the conversation. So sometimes I don't even jump in shit. Like there was a point that was made about um, about women feeling, hot. you know, we actually talked about this on the, on the podcast that we recorded last night. But we were talking about, you know, I saw conversations about women feeling what does protection look like? And when a man gets violent in the, in the name of protecting you, how much of that is about protecting you and how much of that is about his ego? And mm-hmm. if you've ever been as a now that to me that's a very legitimate conversation to have, but mm-hmm. you had all these weird divestors and you know having the conversation. I didn't want to jump in that shit because I'm, I'm not trying no. to be confused with none of them weirdos. You know what I mean? Right. But I did think that was a legitimate conversation as a woman who's dated a guy with a hot temper. That shit is not fun. This shit is scary. Right. Every time you mm-hmm. think something, ha- every, t- every time a nigga look at you, or every time you know he got he got to pop off. That's just not cool. That's just scary as fuck. I do, at least for me, that was scary. I'm not. I'm not like that. So, and, and when you think about like men who are looking to quote unquote protect you, sometimes it doesn't feel like they're protecting you as much as they feel. I used to date narcissists. Which I talked about. Right, and I used to date narcissists. Think about narcissists is they're hyper protective of you, which is confusing to people like me who were raised by narcissists because you think that's what protection is. So when you're, but a lot of times with narcissists is they're not. It's not because they're trying to protect you because you're in danger. They're trying to protect you because it makes them look bad. Mm-hmm. And that's and, and I think that's the the problem with this conversation a lot of times is that when you yeah. want to have a legitimate conversation, you can't have that legitimate conversation because you have all these weirdos talking about black men don't protect black women. Facts. And sometimes those narcissists will even create things to protect you from. And oh, absolutely! Is, yeah, absolutely. Like things that things that aren't existing um, as a as a as a threat to you, but they'll create that social situation so that they can feel like they're protecting you. Because without them, of course, you know you would be in danger or whatever the case. So yeah, I definitely understand that. Which begs the question, but, though. Oh no, go ahead. No, no, sorry. Go ahead. I want. No, I was just saying. Which begs the question. When when uh when Regina Hall made that remark in the same show that um you know that you know about their marriage or whatever the case may be right some people say that that was a more harsh joke okay but had let's say jada gets up and she slaps regina hall would we then like would the social commentary around this then suggest that that is internalized misogyny and the reason why is because she's trying to slap her over a man you see how I think, that works? I, I think it would just become a real housewife's clip. I think they would just key key about it and but not... what you don't think that would come up that the, the oh, I think it would be a critique. 
I think that would come up. I think what you're saying is very true because a lot of those kind of conversations I do think would come up, but I also think it would turn into, depending on who's having the conversation, because I also think a lot of those conversations would turn into, look at black women, she's trying, black women will protect the black man, but a black man will protect right. the black woman. You know, <laughs> they're going right, to find yeah. something every time. Yeah, it would have yeah, been both, yeah. Question to Vita, though. Uh, what, what about when, you know, when people were saying that he was, Will was fine, he was like kind of rolling with the with the jokes until he saw her roll her eyes and, and be visibly uncomfortable with the joke and then he changed is that mitigate does that is that a you know kind of cut the other way for you at all in terms of him actually trying to protect her or do you know what i mean um oh, well not oh, really oh, and because Vita, and, and Vita, before you answer and, and don't forget your thought hold on to your thought i want to ask rennie if he has more to say if so i'll put him in the speaker section um because I just want to make sure that Gamby has a chance to talk. So if you have, oh, no, I don't want to. Yeah, I got a lot of people up there already. So I'll just, I'll, I'll go back. Okay. All right. And, and as always, you're free to uh, come back up if you have something else to say. All, all right, Vita, okay. by all means, go ahead. Well, um, I, I, it's hard for me to gauge certain things because I can't really read people's minds, you know, but like when that moment happened, it's so much that you'd have to consider even to why he was laughing. So for example, when I watched the clip, it looked like he was laughing from the previous joke and was continuing to laugh. And then the that joke came out and almost like he was awkwardly trying to laugh it off, you know, which is what you do at Oscars and shit like that. Um, but the fact that she had that expression that she had, do I think triggered it? Yes. Does that necessarily change the conversation whether or not he was protecting her? Not really, because at the same time, you're, you can't visibly have your wife upset at you. And it's still, you know what I'm saying? That still is an ego. That is still an ego hit to your ego to some degree. I'm not saying that's exactly what it was with him. I'm, I can't really give you an analysis on it that deep into it because I don't really know. There's so much that goes on underneath one situation that we probably will never find out. Um, and that's with any situation, not just celebrity situations. Any situation you'll find, there's always stuff underneath it that, you, that has nothing to do with what we saw on that camera. So I don't know. Um, we don't. I don't know if it's other issues that occurred before that night that had him uh, triggered that way or felt the need to do things that way, right? Because um, that's a very extreme response to have in public on camera at an event where you're being honored. That's a very extreme response to have, in my opinion. But that makes me think that there's so much more underneath that that had little to do with that joke and more to do with everything else surrounding it or surrounding them. Um, um, Q, before we go to uh, Gamby, uh, can you play that second clip that um, I sent after the uh, first sure, one? Sure. Like, like I'll, I'll give context for it before I load it up. But this was uh, after I saw um, the Fresh Prince and I saw like that, uh, what I keep calling that, that demonic drive to, uh, you know. Oh, uh, sorry, real, real quick. Is there that, a, is there like a timestamp that you have for it? Like a certain um, Oh no! You can you can just let you can just let it play from the from the beginning. Um, um, it might be long, but um, uh, you get the gist yeah, of it. This motherfucker's ten minutes long, bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. You get the gist of it in the in the beginning, and then and then okay. uh, it's it, it's enough. But um, like I, I flash back to something that I thought at the time I thought was like really good, and I think I used to, used to even make it my alarm clock, like 
10 years ago when I used to get up. I, this It was a Will Smith inspirational speech. And now when I look at it, I'm like, oh, my God, this is the level that this guy has to talk to himself to ward off the self-loathing, I, I, I think. Like, it's actually kind of disturbing when I um, – and, and, you, and you can let it play. I think it starts from the beginning at the um, at the part that makes the point. I think you can pick any part in this and it will make sure. the point. All right. Uh, one second. I'm motivated by fear. It's fear of fear. I hate being scared to do something. Very simple. This is what I believe, and I'm willing to die for it. Period. You can't be scared to die for the truth. The truth is the only thing that's ever going to be constant. And you can't fear what might happen to you if you were to tell the truth. Because what happens to you if you don't tell the truth is worse than telling the truth will ever be. The first step before anybody else in the world believes it is you have to believe it. There's no reason to have a plan B because it distracts from plan A. And I think psychologically, the advantage that that, that gives me over over a lot of people that I, I have been in competition with in different situations is it's difficult to take the first step when you look how big yeah. the, the task is. The task is never huge to me. It's always one brick. I, I believe, uh, and I learned very young, that you you don't try to build a wall. You don't set out to build a wall. You don't say, I'm going to make the biggest, baddest, greatest wall that's ever been built. You don't start there. You say, I'm going to lay this brick as perfectly as a brick can be laid. There will not be one brick on the face of the earth that's going to be laid better than this brick that I'm going to lay in this next 10 minutes. And you do that every single day, and soon you have a wall. I've, I've never really viewed myself as particularly talented where I excel is ridiculous sickening work ethic you know while the other guy's sleeping I'm working while the other guy's eating I'm working the separation of talent and skill is one of the the the, the greatest misunderstood concepts for people who are trying to excel who have dreams that want to do things talent you have naturally Skill is only developed by hours and hours and hours of beating on your craft. There's a part with a treadmill. I always goes, knew that. Sorry about that. There's a part with a treadmill that I think is coming in the next 30 seconds, and, and you can stop after that. I think that sure, it's, it's sure. a treadmill, the treadmill part, and you can stop. I could work hard enough. I did. I, there, there wasn't an issue with discipline, or there wasn't an issue with with the ability to sacrifice or the willingness. To sacrifice. There's no easy way around it. No matter how talented you are, your talent is going to fail you if you're not skilled. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't study, if you don't work uh, really hard and dedicate yourself to being better every single day. This uh, this one year, my father had his shop, and he decided okay, actually, actually, you, you can stop because it's taking a while to get to the treadmill part. Wall. But. But basically, the treadmill part uh, is where, you know, he says, like, I'm going to die in the treadmill. Uh, if someone's next to me on a treadmill, 
you know, he might be smarter, maybe whatever, but I'm not going to let him beat me on a treadmill. I will die on it. And he just keeps, and this is like a Charlie Rose interview. He's just going, going nuts. And I'm like, this is how this guy has to pump himself up just to wake up. And, and I'm like, this guy, I, I used to think that was uh, super inspiring, but now when I look at it, I'm like, this guy has to fend off demons. If, if that's the kind of self-talk you have to do, you know, and the type of, if you do that type of self-talk, uh, to motivate yourself, and then you're saying that if I don't think I have the number one movie, I have the sick psychology where, like, you know, uh, you know, life's not worth it, and I go back to the 15 year old that got cheated on, and yeah, I mean, when, when you combine, I think that's who will sh- showed up on the stage that that you know, the the 15 year old that got cheated on. I think that's the dude who uh, showed up on the stage with Chris Rock. It was a, uh, I feel like Chris Rock's therapy, if anything, was kind of showing. Like, I feel like Chris Rock was. You know, handle it very, very well. Like you could tell he's somebody who. Um, uh, but Chris Rock said something interesting himself. He said before therapy, he had a big ego, but but really low self esteem. And therapy, uh, you know, showed him that. And uh, I think uh, Chris Chris Rock wasn't that guy with a brick anymore. I think he actually handled it. You know, very maturely and well i think his therapy showed but i don't think will smith ever had that will smith's solution was to just i'm going to get number one movies and i'm going to puff myself up with crazy inspirational quotes all day and uh, be a clown like you know his, his clowning was even excessive on yeah and i think he's never actually dealt with whatever demons he has i mean it's kind of it's part of that grind set lifestyle when was the when was that interview i didn't see i wasn't paying attention to when the interview was but it was, it was a, a while ago. He was on the top of his game back then. That was no, when there, he was, there was a period during the 2000s where that was, I mean, that was normalized. The idea that, like, you know, I'll sleep when I'm dead kind of mentality, like, that was that was normal. Um, and everybody was on that. Like, it's like, it's, it's like if you take a moment to, like, rest or, like, stop and think about things or engage in any form of self-care, if you were uh, paying attention to your loved ones, then you just didn't want success enough. And and that's what life was all about is achieving success. And I think he was one of the, um, he was one of the, one of the proponents of that. This is also when um, stuff like the secret was huge. Like every, everybody was like trying to get everybody else to watch the secret, you know, the thoughts become things kind of mindset. So that doesn't really surprise me at all hearing it come from him. But, uh, but but I think that's next level though. I think it, I think it is that. But I think he has yeah. turned the volume return up to twelve on a right. That's what I'm trying to get speaker, at. Like, on a speaker when he goes to ten. Yeah. No, no. That's that's what I'm trying to get at. It's like even the people that believed in that kind of mentality, I think, had their natural limits, and it comes across because I haven't seen this before. But it comes across to me that he's like, oh yeah, like I know you all are about that life, but listen, I'm about that life times ten, and that to me is not just chasing success that's chasing down something that you are emotionally lacking that no amount of success is going to be able to make up for. Yeah. He's trying to fill some kind of void that can only be filled from within. Uh, Hey Gambia, we kept kept you waiting forever. By all means, please, please go. Yep. You sound. Yeah, we can hear you. All right. All right. Great. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to say, uh, I mean, this is kind of ironic. Yeah. I'll put that on just now because I was going to say, like, I just kind of looking at Will since those like letting that, you know, all play out and thinking about it, looking at it, it's like to me, he kind of reminds me of like some of the most intense, like athletes that you hear about, like like Kobe or yeah. like Michael 
or, you know, you, you hear about, you know, all those, like Tom Brady, all these guys that just, they don't, they never turn it off. But, you know, the thing about like athletes and stuff like that, like there's eventually there's a shelf life in, in their respective field. Like, you know, eventually the game is going to lead them and they ain't going to be able to just stay competing. They got to find other ways to cope with it. You know, I think with him, you know, being an actor, like that, you know, you can still kind of be on on a certain level, especially now, you know, being in action movies. I, like I saw some of those movies, like the one when he was like had like a shitty CGI, you know, when he was like younger and stuff, trying to like still play those kind of roles and stuff. And you can just you just see it's like, but it's clearly not what it used to be for him. Like people don't, you know, for a lot of different reasons, like the box office ain't what it used to be for him. And and it's like, I don't I don't think he really has handled that as well. And I feel like that's a component to like kind of where he's at as well. Like you say, it ain't just the, you know, the stuff with his, his wife and all that and, and the clowning and stuff. I think like, you know, he used to be the man, like, you know, summertime jams, you know, the nineties and stuff. And it's really like in the last two years, you know, people especially have really looked at him kind of differently now. And I think that's that combined with, I do think when it comes to him slapping Chris Rock, I do think like he, I, I feel like that was more machismo than anything. Uh, that's just my opinion on it. You know, I just feel like, he just had a break and he definitely felt like he could take it out on, on rock. Who's, you know, 50 pounds lighter than him. So that's what I meant with that. Um, here's something that, uh, Chris rock said back in 2020 to Howard Stern. I don't remember if he was in therapy yet at this time. I think, I think he, this is when he started, but it was very interesting. Like it's very different than, you know, how Will Smith does self-help because Will Smith's self-help is just, just lean into the delusion harder. Like, like he has, he has one speech raised like, uh, to be successful, you have to be delusional. All successful people are delusional. That's one of his uh, famous speeches that I used to like, and now I realize is disturbing. But uh, Chris Rock says this. He goes, speaking to Howard Stern on Sirius XM back in 2020, Chris said, quote, I suffer from big ego, low self-esteem. And when I say big ego, it's only about telling jokes. If it's got something to do with my work, I'm the baddest motherfucker alive. But anything else, like, I just feel not worthy of anyone's attention, anyone's love, any accolades, uh, anything. Reflecting on the quote-unquote childhood trauma that he believes is responsible for that mindset, Chris went on, quote, I think I've never dealt with it because I can write jokes about it, but I never actually dealt with it. It was just a horrible experience. The closest character I can relate to is Tim Robbins in The Shawshank Redemption. Every day was hell. Um, I was a nigger and I got my fucking ass beat and I got physically fucked up and sometimes some sexual shit happened. I wasn't raped, but rapish. Chris went on to re to reveal that he'd recently crossed paths with one of his bullies at work. He explained, I was doing a movie a couple of years ago and one of my bullies was working security on the movie. A guy who literally one day at school turned me upside down and shook the money out of my pockets. He was kind of ashamed, and I just gave him just a quick look, like, hey, man, I hope you're doing well. Take care. And I kept it moving. I didn't, like, get him off the set or get him fired, he said. He could have been my friend. He could have been in the trailer with us watching The Godfather on set. The fact that he had to go through the whole day, watch me walk around. I was directing the movie and watch me be in all my glory and to be so close to me, yet so motherfucking far. I didn't have to do anything, like, get him get him fired. Um you know, and I thought I thought that was like pretty interesting, but yeah, I think he was already at his therapy stage by by then. But you know, like, I've never seen Will Smith say anything close like that about his nah nah. His only Will, solution is just, just lean into the delusion. Will think Will Will Smith like in the fourth quarter, game seven right now. That's just how he is. It's, it's so intense for him right now, and you know, 
it's not to me it's not a good place when you when you trying to be like that all day every day for that long yeah and i and i think he uh i think chris rock is basically saying he used to think that same way too but he you hit a wall you know you can't do that forever especially as you get older you just don't have the energy to just constantly fuel your delusions like that yeah it's pretty much like that i and I will say I did read something today. I mean, you know, and like I, I saw Rennie was talking about Jada, you know, not to go too crazy with that. But, you know, I do think she herself, you know, plays her own part in things, too. And I saw she was apparently in approval of, of Will's actions and stuff, you know, and I'm like, well, that kind of makes I could, I could see that. So, you know, they, they're a weird bunch. But uh, appreciate your time, man. I just want to chime in my thoughts on it. Very cool, thank you. Um, there's one, there's one last clip I sent um, a cue to play, but this yeah. one is short. It, it it opens with the part that I want because I, it was buried in the other one, but I didn't want to make people listen to it all day. But this is, uh, I mean, compared to what uh, Chris Rock said, which I thought was pretty brave. That's a pretty brave thing to admit. I thought it was pretty. You know that, that that he was using his comedy to disguise all his insecurities and opening up about being bullied and whatever. But this was, I think, this is from the same interview with Charlie Rose. Where I'm just, ta- I'm going to tell you right now because mm-hmm. I have been opening these videos under my own YouTube account. It's, it's recommend you crazy shit. <laughs> oh, it's already jacking up my algorithm, man. It is showing me all kinds of like, like, like uh, success and positivity. It's yeah. Show me all. Show me all the kind Yo, of stuff next that week, I have deliberately curated my feet to try and avoid. Next week, Q's gonna be like a success win, bro. He's gonna just be <laughs> talking. Exactly. I'm gonna come back on here uh, talking to you about my new Herbalife business. Um, you know, I'm gonna talk to you. Your new calling show with Gary V. Was that Pete? He said new calling show with Gary V. <laughs> yo, yo, Gary V is totally one of those guys. Oh my god! Oh my, Great yeah, he's one. like the apotheosis of like the, the toxic positivity grindset bros. Um, that there's a certain delusional quality that all successful people have to have. You have to believe that something different than what has happened for the last. 50 yeah. million yeah. years of history, you have to believe that something different can happen. Yeah. It's almost a kind of innocence. Absolutely. In, in, other, in, in other words, if you knew how difficult it was, right. <laughs> you would have never gone down that path. Absolutely. You know, if Ali, somebody said to Ali, no one can beat this guy. He's this much stronger, this much bigger. He's got that much bigger punch than you do. Mm-hmm. And he believed that, he would have said, never, you've got to have an innocence that step. somehow. Absolutely. You know, and I think I that that's a huge part of, of of me because and I say to my friends all the time and we we laugh about it I truly honestly as I sit here before you right now as honestly as I can say it to you I truly believe that I could be the president if I wanted to and as bizarre as that may sound to yeah. people that have traveled the path before me and to people who actually know how yeah. difficult it is Foolish Will Smith honestly believes it. <laughs> what there is. About yeah, yeah, I think it's a good place. I think it's a good place. It's a good place. As well as the disarming honesty. I mean, I guess the point of graph. But I mean, we're actually applauding being delusional, you know, and it's like, uh, as a good thing. What, what happens when that stops working? You know, what happens when it stops working? Like, you know, like, I'm going to will 
this, no pun intended, this next movie to be number one. And like five times in a row, it doesn't work. And I think that's that soulless look that you see. I, I just find it kind of, like I'm trying to reconcile what people are saying about him being over the hill and him struggling with his decline. But this happening on the night of his big win. Like, you know, like this is, I don't know, that, that, this is like, that was the Will Smith night, right? Well, well he didn't win yet at that time. Um, yeah, but I think he, he had inside. I think people have the inside information as to like you know who's who's probably gonna. Yeah, if you're like if you know, you're gonna win a, a if you're gonna win um, an award as large as and as highly publicized as as uh, uh, best actor, like people generally know if they're gonna be the one to win. I think I think they can be reconciled. And what I would say is this: Let's say you've been using this delusion to fuel yourself this long, and that's. And this is finally gonna break the streak, and then on the night of um, of this kind of redemption, like minutes away from it, you know, and you've needed it like so long, and you've been at this place of despair on the inside because you've, uh, you know, your your coping mechanisms have not been working, you know, like to be that close to that, and then feel like you know belittled or his wife belittled or you know the same shit he's been going through, throwing his, in his face, even on this night, like, you know, like, like you're going to ruin this, even this night, like, that I need so bad with this shit. I, I think they could have actually fueled him more, the fact that, you know, he was about to have his first big um, W in a long time. I, I agree with that, but I guess for me, I kind of side with, I, or I side against Chris Rock, because I feel like Chris Rock should recognize that and maybe put a little bit more effort into... Uh, how he roasted him because I thought it was cheap, and you know he like I said I he threw a patsy at Bardem and Cruz a real you know he was really like quite a you know obsequious to them, and then turns to uh, the Smiths and essentially insults his wife, and provoke I I feel like he unwittingly provoked him and I don't know if it's maybe because his quote neurodivergence just makes him unaware of what he's doing, but. You know, to me, like, you know, since everyone's talking about Oscar decorum and everything as being the framework of, like, you know, uh, uh, under which this event occurred and, and the the real uh, the real crime, I guess, you know, like the real infraction was breaking script, right? Was like stepping outside of the of, of, of the sort of like Oscar decorum. I uh, felt so, like Chris something... Rock was the one that wasn't quite reading it right. Something else yeah. that could be too is like people view that joke in a vacuum, but um, he had a really uh, hardcore zinger against her in 2016. I think it was actually way worse than the G.I. Jane one, which I think was actually kind of tame. And I think, uh, and, and Vita said this last time we spoke that, you know, sometimes something just happens to be the straw that broke the back. But he, uh, he said when, when uh, Jada was talking about boycotting the Oscars because Will wasn't um, nominated or something. And it was like early in that Oscar so white thing. And then in a monologue, uh, and this one actually was kind of hardcore, and they played it a lot, and they actually asked her about it later. Um, and she'd like laughed it off. And, but you can tell it kind of burned her. She goes, Jada got mad, said she's not coming. Jada boycotting the Oscars is like me boycotting Rihanna's panties. I wasn't invited. And, uh, you know, basically just saying like nobody even cares about her at the Oscars. Like, she, like, you're just the uh, uh, plus one of Will Smith or whatever. And I think that 
was probably reading the joke that got them mad. I think when he said, keep my name out your mouth, he was kind of saying it for uh, a string of stuff, not really the G.I. Jane joke. And I think people might be looking too narrowly at the G.I. Jane joke. That's just my my theory. Like, like Vita says, we can't get into these people's uh, mind, you know? Yeah, yeah, because she probably has what they call a hostile dependency anyway, where it's like a hostile dependency is like when um, you are in a place of kind of dependence on somebody that you're have some kind of relationship with, and then you start developing like hostile feelings toward them and resenting them for the fact that you're dependent on them, especially if you feel to some degree they're responsible for your dependency to begin with, in a way. Because I think she's taking a backseat to him. Um a lot. I think like what Rennie was talking about, we she makes those digs at him. I think there might be a little bit of that hostile dependency just kind of leaking out here and there. I mean, I guess like the way I am thinking about this now is I don't think there's any question that what he did was technically wrong. I mean, no one's saying that that's what you should do or the rules, the, the rules should allow for that or whatever. Uh, but I think the question now is like, how quickly do we just understand that this was, how, how quick, how do we, can we look at this and be like, okay, I can understand why he did that. And therefore, and he apologized, he apologized uh, when, when he was accepting the award and then he apologized the next day as well. And first, how quickly. First apology did include uh, Chris Rock though. So some people got upset about that. He apologized to the Oscars and not Chris Rock. The second one apologized to Chris Rock. Right. But what I'm saying is like how I guess for me, the question isn't whether it was right or wrong. The question is, uh, how quickly do people just kind of forgive him and then move on? And it, it, it frankly kind of dis, uh, disturbs me how the Academy. I mean, it's kind of weird that we even call it the Academy, uh, but the Academy now has become a, uh, a disciplinarian institution. And it now talks about as if it has jurisdiction over him to say, "Oh, we're we're weighing if, sanctions." If you if you can't trust if you can't trust the institution that turned a blind eye to Harvey Weinstein for decades to do the right thing, then who who can you trust in this world? Like <laughs> they have to be the moral authority, you know? Like it makes yeah. perfect sense to me. And I think that's the part of it that really troubles me is that everyone is sort of buying into this narrative of the academy as almost like a law enforcement or criminal justice system like it's a court yeah something that you can actually be disappointed in like oh my god the academy you expected so much better better from you it's like come on like seriously also i don't understand how people give that much of a fuck he ain't slap you like i just i don't understand Mm -hmm. that if i i'm one of those people i believe that you know, the person that was wronged can't let them handle it. You know, unless it's like a real issue that to me was like, you know, somehow sanctioned by the event or situations were set up to make that occur, which I don't think was the case in this situation. But well, well it's mainly white people who are mad. And then yeah. and then like, and then like those woke black people, but they don't count as like black people because they, they always took like white people anyway, like like those, those academics and stuff. And I'm just like. My whole thing is like, oh, he should be. <sighs> Who cares? Black are... Twitter was just funny memes, and it was great. It's it's all like these white people who are treating it like you know World War Three, and <laughs> right. 
like another thing no he should be arrested for assault and all this shit and I, it's so funny to me because in my head I, I it never even crossed my mind to think about law enforcement or the police for this situation like it never it literally never crossed my mind because i in my head like niggas fight you fight you scrap yeah. you know you either get your ass beat or you beat somebody ass either way we fought it's a wrap we know why he thinks to go call the cops because you were assaulted like that's just fucking yeah happy. people were, people were disappointed that chris rock didn't call the cops but this is why white people are mad i think um these this is a battle of two mascots but um chris rock has been a mascot for white people ever since the niggas versus black people joke they have loved him that joke put him on the map single-handedly he was not that big before that joke it's not even that special that joke single-handedly tapped into something in white people's souls like this guy gave us a pass to say the n-word and we've wanted and to think so it. badly yeah yeah and to and, think, and it, to think and, it yeah and, and and to say that hey it doesn't make us bad hey chris rock told us it's okay to say it you know and even he's kind of like expressed regret over uh that that joke because he said it gave white people a chance to think they could say it and everything and Will Smith was kind of like the mascot too, but he's kind of lost a little bit of luster. I think the first thing he did wrong, right? He was good in the no sex thing. He was good in all this other stuff, but the first crime that Will Smith did that kind of broke him out of the We Love You mascot is he started trying to put his kids on. And black people are not supposed to have generational wealth. You're supposed to get rich and big, but you can get rich if you're black, but if you get wealth, white people don't like it. They resent you. Because now you can start passing money down. So, I mean, there's so much nepotism yeah. in Hollywood. The weird hang-up on him putting his kids on by white people was so fucking weird. I mean, like, uh, Nicolas Cage is a Coppola. There's, like, three Coppolas in the business. There's so there's so much nepotism. There's, like, so many Osmonds. There's so many this and that. But see, black people There's, like, three have... generations of Fondas. Yeah, there's, like there's so many... business. Yeah, so the, the Barrymores, Lionel Barrymore, and, and all, all the Carradines, and this never bothered you before. Like, why is it like when After Earth came out, you would think he ate somebody's kids the way they were so mad that he put Jaden Smith in that movie. And they like you to be able to get rich and poor within a lifetime because it makes them Did you feel... see them go after Jaden? Like, there was an article that said Jaden had tweeted, this is, how we, the Smiths, this is how we do it, like our family, and yeah. then he quickly deleted it. You know, like as if he was like breaking a, a law or some shit. You know, like yeah. he was just saying he was proud of his dad for standing up for his mom. But... That's what he, I, I'm trying to figure out what he's talking about. Yeah, what he's supposed to do. But, well, no, but, no, but that's the thing. They find it like arrogant and cocky. They like, they like to feel like, like Muhammad Ali. They never liked Muhammad Ali when he was big. They were like Muhammad Ali because he died broke to where he was. If Muhammad Ali ended his career like Floyd Mayweather, you would not see all these white tributes to Muhammad Ali. They would hate him till the end. That's why they hate Floyd so much. He left without any brain damage. He was arrogant. And he has fuck you money. He he can just do nothing and waste money. He can't even waste all his money. And he'll still have and, and they and they hate him. They like the idea that we we can make you broke within a lifetime. You, you can get rich and we can we can laugh at you and your antics. But generational wealth, then it's like okay, this is population replacement time. Like now this is white demographic fears and white genocide things get triggered. So the, he started going down from then. All of a sudden every person cared about domestic violence. That was the trip that part to me. Mm. Boxers been beating their wives since the beginning of boxing and all of a sudden now they care about domestic violence. That was the trip that part to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, that that thing is crazy, man. But I mean like but like right now 
Chris Rock is still that dude who gave him the pass the N-word, and he's always going to be a place in the heart for that. And Will Smith already kind of betrayed them by trying to do generational wealth, right? Um, and that's a second betrayal for him to be violent because they're like, oh, wait a minute. We let you get this far because you were supposed to be the safe Negro, you know? Uh, or, or the second thing I think he did, did too was um, having sex scenes with Margot Robbie. Because Margot Robbie is the kind of white woman that oh, is... Oh, you, you fucking nailed it. Yeah. I was just going to say that the two... That was strike two. Major things that he did. Because like, yeah. if you look at like which uh, actors are famous... So basically, like, who is famous as an actor right now? Like, who's who's hot? Like, who's stars rising? Um, you look at who as far as like writing and production and direction. Like, you know, so who is like rising both in front of and behind the camera? And if they're like under the age of 40, click on the Wikipedia page and look into their family history. And you can see it's it's all just fucking nepotism, right? Like, oh, totally. Yeah. Like, uh, um, so the, yeah, the two things that he did absolutely wrong were one, trying to put his children on. Like, you're not allowed to do that. I think one of the, I think probably the only star to successfully do that so far, I mean, of, of this generation anyway, is John David Washington. Aside yeah. from that, like, I mean, there, there's mm. probably more, but that's because that guy's really... no—that guy's kind of no threat. He's a horrible actor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jaden Smith wasn't either, but um, yeah, there was there was that, and then yeah, you're absolutely right. The, the sex scenes with Margot Robbie, because because she is like um, the kind of white woman that to like a white supremacist is the peak white woman. Uh, you yeah. know, so, so it's like, like that's like strike. That's like strike two. You're, you're supposed to be asexual, a buxom Aryan. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're supposed to be asexual. We liked you when you were the guy that was that. Like you, all... you could see Margot Robbie in like a pair of lederhosen. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, she, she could be in a, re- in a remake of Cabaret. You know, on the, on, on, on the wrong side. Of, on the wrong side. Uh, but but yeah, like. Um, when he was a guy that blew all his first album money, he was great. Like you know, oh yeah, th- this this is the kind of guy we like. He's a clown, and he, he blew all his all his money on shoes and dumb stuff. Now he's a guy with generational wealth. He's not the Fresh Prince guy anymore. He's he actually made the right moves and stacked his chips, and is going to have a legacy. That like, but the strike three was. Oh wait, that was totally the wrong. That was totally the wrong phrase, wasn't it? Well, it's not leader. It's a. Uh, um, no, 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 there's women in, in leader hosen that are leader and they also wear yeah, like the, yeah. the dwindle dress. Yeah, yeah, it, it worked for me. Um, but then <laughs> n- number three is you acted uh, exactly what Chris Rock said, like in their jokes, supposedly uh, niggerish. Like it's almost like he pulled a fast one on them. You know, he acted like one way, he got through the doors. You know, you're supposed to be broke at the end of your life. You're supposed to not have sex, period. But especially not with uh, a, a freaking Nazi youth looking. Um, uh, woman, and then the third thing is you actually, and even though he did it against a black guy, the fact that he's willing to get violent means one day he might get ideas and get violent with them one day with, with a white person. He might, you know, get cocky and fight a white person one day. AOT, AOT. I think, I think, I, I think I understand exactly what it was that he did to the industry. You, you ready for this? Mm-hmm. All right. This is exactly what Will Smith did. You wanted to be one way. <laughs> what? <laughs> you wanted to be one way. Man, I don't want, want it to be one way. Stop. stop saying that. 
put it the other way. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. That's the other way. They wanted it to be one way, but this is the other way. And they feel betrayed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Same way people felt betrayed by, Ka- by Kaepernick. Wait, wait. Uh, you were supposed to just, you know, uh, throw, the, throw the football. You weren't supposed to have thoughts. You know, I have to say, I'm not a conspiratorial thinker, but the way that he self-imploded, I mean, the outcome divergence here is massive. If he had not done this, he's he's in the Pantheon, right? He he won his Super Bowl before he retired. Uh, but now that he's done this, he's like literally public enemy number one right now in America. He's the most violent man in America. We, you know, we're having a whole conversation about violence. You know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so uh, these uh, wildly divergent outcomes based on that night—that was a very high stakes night—and to have him self implode in an unprecedented way, like that, it makes me think like there was more to it. I have no evidence for this other than it happened. To be like, how did he fuck up so badly? Like right as he was about to summit, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I, I will say this: someone is actually. Since I don't know the question, the answer. Does anyone else have an answer to that question? No. Could you, could you repeat the question? Why now? When, when shocked he was on the that verge? he. I'm just shocked that he uh, self imploded well, on a at, at such a high stakes moment. I kind of answered it already, actually, because I think it goes back to what I said. Like, he was waiting for this so long, and this was finally supposed to be his time back. And he wanted to go back to 2004 Will Smith. And then I think that joke was a reminder, uh, hey, I'm still going to have to deal with this bullshit of this, you know, post-cuck reputation, post, you know... Um, whatever, and I think maybe he felt that precisely, precisely because it's his moment. This is the worst time. I, I think he's in a fragile place right now. He's trying to get, he's trying to pump himself back up to old delusional Will Smith. Uh, I, I guess what I'm pointing towards is, oh, sorry, go ahead, Vita. Sorry. Well, I think a lot of it all has, has to do with you know those. What is that shit when your blood gets exposed? What was that shit that dude said? Um, about that gene that gets exposed and these niggas go crazy. Oh, oh wait, the, the the guy from earlier in the week with the crazy yeah. conspiracy. Oh damn, I forgot. Added no, what was that? Uh, that crazy conspiracy theory. Oh, oh I can't remember it. Oh, that was a funny conspiracy theory. I don't think I remember what it was. But wait, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, which which conspiracy theory? Adrenal oh, chrome. Adrenal chrome. Oh god. Oh my God! Somebody called in and said we had the wool over our eyes merely for asking the correlation between that and will, and uh, but we were told the wool was over our eyes. So maybe I, it has I, to do with that adrenochrome. That's why. <laughs> I think I what I'm pointing towards. I don't is... understand why does like there's so much stuff that's right in front of people's faces. So what, like when people say yeah. like, oh, this is a distraction from what they're really doing, which is blah, right? So it's always some wild shit, like they're harvesting the blood of children. And it's like, but why? 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 Okay, so why would the uh, the massive conspiracy to harvest children's 
blood for the I don't know if it's for remaining young or what the fuck it is exactly. It it sounds a lot like the the blood libel uh conspiracy theory all over again, but let's say that like let's say that that was actually true. What would make you think that moments of spectacle are designed to cover up this other thing that's happening when if anything it's just bringing more attention to it? Right. <laughs> like, I, if I I was if I was not that God, let me not say that and have people, you know, run that conspiracy theory on me. But if I were the type to harvest children's blood, I would want to keep shit as low key as absolutely fucking possible. I would keep my nose cleaner than a motherfucker. I would not want to do anything to like I would not want my behavior to be uh aberrant or strange or inexplicable to the point where people are now speculating on my psychological condition that they could point to something like this as a possible reason for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What I'm suggesting is that there's, a, there's been a lot of intense scrutiny on Will Smith and his actions because he was the, uh, he was the, he was the person that uh, infracted, in right? He's the one that stepped across the line first. But it's widely understood that there was at least some level of provocation, and but there's not been a lot of scrutiny uh, to Chris Rock. And you, you know, you you ha- you, you all had brought up the 2016 joke that he made against Jada, and then he weirdly comes at her again. I, I thought it was just a, it wasn't to me. It, it could be seen as something more than just bad judgment. It was a very, it seemed intentional. That he went after her and he made it a patsy little joke. Yeah, he's got plausible deniability. But why did he go after her? Because it's his night. He should have made a joke about him because I'm I'm pretty sure that Will Smith that night could have taken any joke if it was about him. That's my feeling. There, there was very yeah, little that he could have true. said. Yeah. So why did he do that? It just was weird. Well, you know, I, you know, I feel like, and I think that's a, a good point what you just brought up. And I also was thinking about the fact that people, well, people were critiquing Chris. Well, black women, there were black women who were critiquing him, saying that it's an attack on black women, that he always attacks black women. That's why Tony Rock got on Twitter talking upset because people said he disrespects black women. <laughs> you saw that. Did y'all see that tweet? He yeah. said, I tweeted in response to it. Like, he tried to use good hair. As proof that he loves black women. I'm like, are you crazy? Like, that's the worst idea you could ever do. Yeah, he was like, he made good hair for black women. I'm like, that was a little disrespect. I said little because I just couldn't remember it. But the more I started remembering the documentary, the more I was like, nah, that shit was a complete mockument, a mockery mm. of black women. If you, if, if, um, if, you look on, if you look on a Twitter account, Champagne Sharks, I quote tweeted it with a clip from the movie where... Uh, so if you're going to, it's it's pretty high up on the timeline, but there's a scene where uh, he has the tumble weave, where basically uh, a loose weave is is rolling down the hood and snowballs into a giant hair weave that he has to run from in the hood. Like there's just so much hair weave that they form giant snowballing tumble weaves just running rampant <laughs> through the hood and he has to run for his life. I'm like, no white people. You know what you were doing with that joke. That was for the white people. And you know what? And you know what else? Like, and this is the other thing about the first joke that I actually thought that's like, I agree with you, T. That first joke that he did, whatever that was, that 2015, 2016 shit, that to me is more disrespectful because 
at the if you really think about what every black woman, even black men have said about what black women have to endure in the industry and the credit that they don't get, the pay the pays the payment that they don't get, specifically black women, even black male actors have acknowledged it. So for him to say that, like it's her fault that she's not a superstar, a big star outside of black movies and black people, to me that was that was more egregious because um, I mean, fuck the Oscars, but that's their world, right? Like, that's y'all's world. This is what y'all look for. And I feel like you make that a joke like that in the, at a time when Black women in media and film is different now because have, they have more TV shit now and terrible movies on Amazon, apparently. But at the time, Black women weren't getting a lot of roles. And that was a big conversation at the time as well. Yeah. It was only like three black women were getting jobs. <laughs> and something too, like when a white woman falls back um, for her more successful white man's career, it's looked at like noble. Like, I mean, people like uh, Jackie O to this day, people act like she did something so great. All she did was just, you know, give tours of the, of the White House and, you know, um, <laughs> about, yeah, 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 exactly. We act like she's like the, the most beautiful woman on earth. She, she had a funky hairdo, and like people act like it's amazing, you know. When Jennifer well, Anderson, she did, she did hold his brains in her lap, I guess. That... Uh, yeah, yeah, but she was already a big deal before then. Like, like, they didn't wait for the brains. Being, <laughs> I, know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, like, you look at people like um, um, Angelina Jolie had stopped making hot movies like for a while before they divorced with, uh, you know, Brad Pitt. Like, you know, for near the last couple of years of their career, she was just basically the one who was taking care of the adopted kids and he was the one still making A list movies and no one no one did jokes like that about her. I feel like there's something about um you know I don't I don't know. Maybe because black women have always been kind of seen as working and supporting men that, you know, a black woman being a housewife or or falling back doesn't get as much credit as a as a white woman. I don't know what it I is. I just but. I just sense that there is a nasty side to Chris Rock that has been He's his he's good at hiding it. Did you see that uh, clip I sent you T earlier about? It was like in 2016, I think, maybe or maybe a little bit earlier. But it's like him on HBO, like a show with him and Jerry Seinfeld and Ricky Gervais and Louis C.K. Oh, and oh, oh yeah, everybody everybody was um... okay. Everyone knows that one, right? Like that that the fact that he and this is before Louis C.K. sort of got outed as a creep, but there was like a visible break between you know jerry and ricky being like i don't, I don't know why you're going in that direction and, and chris rock says oh that's because you guys don't know louis the way i know Louis. i really know him meaning i think he kind of knew what kind of guy louis was and he gravitated towards him away from I, I don't think that um i can see where you say that i think that's his old white people bullying him defense mechanism coming out more than more than anything yeah. I, it, 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 it doesn't excuse it. I want to make sure make that clear that I'm not saying excuse it. But you know, I don't think it's him being as nasty as Louis C.K. I think he probably just learned that defense mechanism. Because uh, if, if Louis C.K. is a bully and white people bullied him like that, he probably has some kind of PTSD around that. He'd rather ingratiate yeah, but, himself to the bully. No, yeah, but that, that I think that's sort of like a full explanation of him as a human being. But like I know, you know, I think I know people that had similar. Um, or self-described similar, like you grew up with a lot of bullying. They were kind of on the spectrum and they built up and they're very conscious of this. You know, they're not like, it doesn't take much to get this out from them, but they're like, yeah, I built up these 
defense mechanisms that I learned from watching someone like a Jim Carrey or something. And I would learn how to attack people in, in just, he, you know, my friend was telling me, he's like, I know how to hit someone. Like I know pressure, I know psychological pressure points and I can, and bullies were afraid to come after me because they knew that I was liable to say something that would fuck them up real bad on the spot. And so they left. But I don't alone. think, I don't, I don't think Chris Rock is that, is that guy. I, I don't think he is. I mean, but also that was just a weird time in comedy. Like black male comedians, you know, like uh, to be fair, black male comedians dropped the ball a lot. They let a lot of greasy stuff ha- uh, happen because they were just happy to be there. I think I always say this. I feel like um, during that time, black men were on top, and you, you look at things like the Boondocks. You look at things like, um, I mean, Dave Chappelle caught it in himself. You know, he realized that they were making him into that guy, and you know, he he stopped it, but. Uh, he was doing a lot of damage before he realized he was doing a lot of damage. And, you know, and um, some people never realized that. They just ran with it. Uh, things like what John Ridley did in that article, The Ascendancy of, of the Nigger. If any of you guys ever look up John Ridley, The Ascendancy of the Nigger, it's a ridiculous article. I can't believe he even has a career uh, after, after that article. But it was the most um, coonish thing I think I've ever uh, read. There's... There's so there's so many uh, examples I think of you know, Patrice O'Neill like I love Patrice O'Neill but the stuff he let Opie and Anthony get away with and all that stuff yeah. I thought was very it was just a weird time because everyone thought they were so post racial that part of showing you were cool was showing like hey I can laugh at this stuff or you know um, I mean it's, it's not excusing him or whatever but I just think uh, black guys in general at that time in the two thousands really really dropped the ball I, I guess what i'm trying to say is that i just i feel like he's like i think you know seinfeld is more of like that clean comedy and i think chris rock seems to be more culturally attuned with sort of like the nastier side of comedy which i think is ascendant now and oh yeah oh yeah totally. I, I, can't, uh, I can't i can't i can't i can't help but feel that chris rock has the awareness and the intelligence and just the experience to know exactly what he was doing and how to press his buttons. I don't think that, that I feel like there was a little bit of intention there that he knew how to push him and also appear to be like sort of clueless. Like, where did that come from? You know, like, Oh, 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 as, as in he wasn't just passive oh. in the thing. He's, yeah. he's actively, he, yeah. he was fucking with them. And the fact that he did that in 2016 to her makes me feel like this isn't, this was not, purely accidental i guess that's what i mean by like i was being a little bit conspiratorially minded about this i don't know what adrenochrome was i wasn't going I mean, that direction i was going more in the direction I mean, I of that chris rock had had some i think it's pretty here. i think it's pretty established you are not a chris rock fan <laughs> for this conversation so yeah not i a mean big chris rock fan no. yeah yeah, I'm, yeah. A, I'm a will smith fan now <laughs> so so avita any final thoughts i was going to end it uh um yeah yeah, yeah can you hear you oh yeah because i was trying to say something a second ago but <clears throat> um I want. I didn't want to go from the point that you had made, T, about comedy that weird time in comedy in, in the two. Really, the early to mid two thousands. And the reason why I want to say that is because there's, there's a lot that I've been picking up. Because, like y'all know, I watch documentaries just for the fun of it. And um, I was watching the documentary about Fat Tuesday. And I think I told you guys about that one. That's one about the oh, comedy yeah, scene. Yeah. Um, and, and it was about the early nineties comedy scene kind of like, yeah early 90s late 80s early 90s comedy scene in LA which for most of the, I have to give my, my city a shout out LA black LA black south central LA was literally where a lot of black <clears throat> uh comedy grew 
black stand-up comedy. That's where it really blew up. Because before, a lot of comedians had to kind of fit into white spaces. And this was like the first time there was it had blown up the way it, what it had. And people were starting getting jobs. Like Robin Harris was getting movies and shit, right? Well, after the riots happened in 92, um, the, they stopped getting jobs, essentially, for a little while. Because Hollywood wouldn't come south of the 10 freeway. Which means south of 10 freeway is where the, is where the niggas live, essentially. <clears throat> so they wouldn't come back down this way after the riots. And so they created something called Fat Tuesdays at the comedy store. They gave niggas the worst night and it ended up being their highest money making night. Right. Um, What was interesting when I was watching that documentary is a lot of them, their whole thing was we want to get to Hollywood because that's how you make the money in comedy. Stand up doesn't pay very much at all movies is where you make money television is where you make money so if hollywood wasn't seeing them they weren't getting roles Mm -hmm. so they went to hollywood that's where the comedy store is now that made me think of your the reason i thought of that when you made your point t because a lot of them talk like their whole thing is to get white hollywood and white people to notice them that's like their whole mo and so a lot of what they do to get noticed a lot of what they do to get hired is kissing white ass and making white people laugh at black people. But but I think I think especially uh, if you think about it, and I was thinking about this the other day, a lot of it was making them laugh at black women. I think a lot of black men were getting put on. I mean, and, and these are people that I, I love, but I mean, to this day, Shanene is a diss that, that white white people will say against black women to this day. Like, But Martin, with that character, gave white people an insult they could use against black women. I still hear people... Uh, this black woman called them uh, Shanene. There's, there's uh, Jamie Foxx and Wanda. Uh, the Boondocks had so many um, episodes black disrespectful women. to black women, p- particularly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like you um... know that's a good point. <clears throat> Specifically, and I, you know what's funny? Until you really said it, now that I'm when you once you said it, I instantly thought of a bunch of characters and a bunch of ways that oh, black yeah. women were the butt of these jokes. And, and good hair was totally that. I don't care what Tony Rock says. Good hair was Chris Rock giving white people license to uh, point and laugh at black women. I'm going to be real. I think it's pretty clear Chris Rock has problems with black women. And I think it started with their mom. And the reason why I say that is because I've heard him talk about their mom before and not even necessarily trying to diss her. But the way he talks about her is like she was basically mean and overbearing. You know, she was funny, but mostly because she was talking shit to them. Right. And if you listen to how he talked about how he talks about his marriage or how he talked, you know, just it's just in general. I feel like he has some issues with women and particularly black women Um, because it's probably women that he encountered. I don't think that's unusual. I think that's actually a lot more common then people want to talk about, and I say not people, I think it's a lot more common than black women want to talk about. Because a lot of those issues stem from their connection and relationship to us. And and, and that, that's not to blame us or them. I mean, clearly it's a much bigger system that we're living under. But I do think it comes out a lot of times with the way Chris Rock approaches certain conversations and particularly um, how he looks at black women. So I, I think him in particular has some sort of pain associated, probably, you know, mommy issues and shit. So. You know, I want to say to that, that the person that he reminds me of, like, you know, that I know personally has issues, I think, with Asian women. He's an Asian guy. And so what you're saying, like, is is sort of paralleling that. And I also think that the fact that he felt so bonded with Louis C.K. is is a is is a signal of that. 
You know, I mm. think he was att attracted to uh, a man that, you know, wasn't going to be henpecked and held down by what women said and, 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 and um, try to police what they said or whatever. And, and it was an open saw secret. Louis C.K. as a bit of a hero that, that could was, go and just. Yeah. And it was an open secret that he uh, pushed boundaries with women. Because I actually heard about the Louis C.K. thing before it became uh, public. Because yeah. I, I have friends who are stand-up comics. It was a very open secret. So really? Might, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, and I've heard, I think you hear rumors about certain people, um, but Louis C.K. actually wasn't one of them, which is funny to me because a lot of his branding was like allegedly because he liked women. Because I, I remember they used to always pass around this Louis C.K. clip. Yeah, they were always pass around this Louis C.K. clip about how the most dangerous thing to women is men. The most dangerous thing to men is a heart attack. So you know, yeah, yeah. Um, as far as what kills, you know, most, you know. So that thought that was that was his joke, and he has many jokes about being a father of daughters and you know that kind of stuff. And so his brand was like, no, I like women, and only to find out he clearly has some sort of issues around women as well. Yeah, and what did Chris Rock say in that clip? Right, he said, "You guys don't know the Louis C.K. that I know." Yeah, and I thought. Right. You Great know, point. So very good point. Uh, hey, Trav, uh, if you can unmute. Hey guys, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. How you feeling? Hey man, how's it going uh, tonight? Hey Vita, hey Gene, good to speak with hey. you guys. Uh, hey. I just wanted to quickly say, um, first touching on the issue regarding uh, portrayal of black women from comedians in the '90s, for example, like Martin and Shanene. Uh, I don't know if that's a very accurate description. I, I do think Shanene could be a bit cringe looking back on some of the reruns of Martin now. Um, but he also buffered that with strong views of black women. Remember Gina, uh, Pam, his mom. Those are also accurate, strong portrayals of black women that weren't clownish like Shanene. And I also think Martin was generally for a black audience. So we kind of were in, in on the joke. We knew that Shanene wasn't really uh typical of all black women um as compared to chris rock where i feel like his jokes are going more towards uh white people his comedy is geared a little bit more towards white people so when he makes fun of black women it's more for the audience of white people and i think it hits a little differently compared to martin's uh depiction of shanene back in the 90s I don't know if that made any to be, sense. Well, I want it made total sense. And then I want to be clear, at least from my position, when I was in part of this conversation, I was not saying, notice I said Chris Rock has a problem with black women yeah. based off of other shit. I definitely was not implying that Martin did, nor was I implying that um, Martin uh, only portrayed black women a certain way. I think it's more so the fact that that particular character is the one that resonated with white people. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and I was talking more about negligence more than actual maliciousness. I don't think he yeah. had a malicious agenda against black people. I think that was more uh, yeah. of, a, of a negligent thing about not thinking about, you know, uh, do I really want this out there in a place where white people can see it? That's why I make that clear about so myself. Remember, and you, and you pointed out that Dave Chappelle noticed it. And he, that's when he made, shifted as far as what he was doing in his work. And Martin probably, did, it was just an oversight. I think because of the exactly. reason you said, Trav, I think the oversight was because he, black people were finding it funny. Because we knew, we knew Shanene wasn't representative of all black women, but we did know people who embody certain characteristics of a Shanene, right? Um, yeah. You know, working at the beauty, having a beauty shop, you know, 
hella rude, you know. You know, and I think he, right? I think he, I think he had an affection for Shanani. Like, like, like Shanani had some good episodes where you Shanani know he I mean, was a businesswoman. You know? yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. She was smart. She was sharp. You know what I mean? Um, she wasn't just like a complete terrible person or anything like that. And she loved but Martin. I, there was the episode they broke up, and she nearly was about to beat up. Um, I don't know if you remember, Lisa came through as his temporary right. girlfriend, and she was about to beat her up. Right. Yep, that's exactly right. So, um, and and she gave uh Gina and them jobs when you know when Gina a job which needed money, you know that that kind of shit. So you're absolutely right. So I don't think it. I don't think that's what T was saying. I definitely know that's not what I was saying. Is that you know this is some sort of accusation against how terrible um black men treat black women or anything like that? Because I actually agree with you. Also, even to get and to give Chris Rock some credit and probably and the writers on on the. Everybody hates Chris show the character that portrays his mother. She's all, she's not a complete bitch. You know what I mean? She, everything, she, all her fussing and yelling and all that stuff always comes from love. All of it. Right. She's always worried about their future. She's all, she just wants them to have a good education. She wants them to become good citizens and treat each other. Well, like everything. So it's not like she just portrayed his mother as this, this terrible person or anything like that. So I want to give Chris Rock some credit on that as well. But I do think a lot of times when we see, and I wasn't saying Chris Rock and Martin were doing the same thing. I also wasn't saying that, but I do think that there is a conversation to be had about the way that black women treat their sons or we treat the black men around us and boys around us in particular and then the outcomes we see in regards to how they treat women in the future or, or what they expect from women right so even sometimes the conversations are and i was watching this documentary about iceberg slim it's a really good documentary oh, that's a really good one yeah the, yeah that's a great one and it's a really good documentary and it was really interesting listening to him talk because a lot of his issues with women had everything to do with how much anger he had towards his mother. And he talks about a significant moment when he saw his mother, who was dating a nice guy, who treated him very well, and then basically cheated on him and left him for a abusive, horrible man, right? And her being loyal and dedicated to this man. And how that fucks him up, in addition to all the other shit that happened to him at the hands of women. But even just that thing, I think, and I think boys see that with their own mothers. I think that's a very common thing, um, where you see a woman, your mom dating a nice guy who with who treats you well, then she starts dating some abusive guy, right? And there's their own there's their own traumas attached to that. But I just think there's a bigger conversation that I think we can talk about in regards to black men who do have issues with black women. That's what I was oh, going to say. Uh, uh, I will add one more thing, too, is that um, there's such a thing like you know, is that um, Madonna horror syndrome and everything. And, like, for example, some of the people who are the most abusive to women will absolutely love their mothers or love a, a woman that they think of as a good woman. Like, they'll have a wife at home that they revere, and they won't even want to have sex with her. They revere her so much, but they'll be out there you know, with side pieces and prostitutes and abusing. Yes. So, so it's like, even when you point out, and I'm not saying that, you know, Martin Lawrence has a Madonna horse syndrome. I'm just saying in general, like sometimes even when somebody has a positive, um, women, sometimes the positive female role models are actually kind of a sign of their issue as well, because the positive one would be so idealized almost as a way to be like, this is what a good woman is. Not like these other bitch. I mean, like look at all these look at all these rappers and everything. Like so many rappers have songs about like you know 
bitches and hoes, but they also have dear mama. Like 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 uh, Tupac, <laughs> Tupac had Tupac had both. He had dear mama, but he also had like you know uh, using songs. you using that model. Then then uh, then Martin's character Shanene sort of like uh, uh, the opposite of that, right? She's like not. She's she's not an idealized character, but he he still kind of like made her a very redeemable. Yeah, person, yeah, he, yeah. He, right? he made it pretty. He, yeah, he made it pretty redeemable. Yeah. I, I, that's why I say I'm not talking about Martin in this example, yeah. but I'm saying that sometimes even when no, I'm just saying that, that like might be a counterexample almost. You know. Yeah, yeah. He gave her a lot of. I mean, the one thing I think was questionable was stuffing his butt like that. That part was probably too much. I don't think he should have done that because that <laughs> that wasn't a good look. But I mean. The rest of it, she had some pretty humanized episodes, and um, yeah, but but yeah, Trav, Trav, I, I just generally agree with you that you know we weren't flattening everybody into the same uh, level for sure. Oh, and, uh, well, I just wanted to like kind of point out that you know I think people's reaction to Chris is more having to do with like how they're viewing his drift towards whiteness as compared to someone like Martin, who we could kind of see is representing black people in in the show back in the 90s. Chris, I feel for the past like 20 years or maybe more, he hangs out with like Adam Sandler and like David Spade. And those kind of- Saturday Night Live. You just reminded me. That was the other thing I saw that made me think he had issues with black women was that movie with Adam Sandler. Oh, uh, Grown Ups? Grown Ups. Yeah, because oh, remember that, in that so movie bad. how they portrayed his wife and his and her mother. And the mother, the uh, heavy oh, I didn't see that one. Mother. It I'm was yeah. curious now. So yeah, chock full of yeah, black stereotypes left and right. Yeah, it was a real, and it was real. Uh, yeah, I had issues with that movie for sure. So that was the other and, movie I saw. Just want to point out to back up my point about him having issues with black women, I, so people don't think I'm just pulling it out of thin air. Like that's another example. Um. Uh, to make a quick point about nepotism, I want to give some quick examples. You know, and just why it's so so bullshit about uh, Will Smith and the, you know his kids and how white people act, act crazy about it. Do you know Rooney Mara and Kate Mara, those sisters? They're not huge, but they're in more work than they should be because I don't think either of them is great. Um, on the on their on their um, paternal side, they are descended from the the Maras. The founding the giants owners, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not just giant owners, the giant founders, the actual mm-hmm. founders and owners yeah, of the giants. And then, and then, hold on. Hello. Thank you. Hold on. Okay, I don't know what's happening there. Okay. Sorry, is that me? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sorry. I, somebody sent me something and I did a dumb thing, like clicked it, and it's like this weird TikTok video. So I was like, "What is this?" Oh, I, I, I thought it was you for a second getting upset about the Maras. I was like, "No, don't, don't get them mad. Don't get them mad at them." I don't know. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> the shit! Really hates those Maras. Giants. <laughs> I don't even know who the Maras are. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. They're just white actors, but they come from two billionaire families. Uh, on, on the on the on the mother's side. On the, on the father's side, they come from the Giants founders, and on the mother's side, they come from the Pittsburgh Steeler founders. And then they have family members who also own Yonkers Raceway, and they, they own their family is super billionaire rich. Like they don't even need to be acting. And I'm like, how are people not getting mad at these people, but they're mad at uh, um, Jane Smith? Uh, uh, um, what, what's her name? Emma Stone. Family's filthy rich. Um, and yeah, there's like so many. You know the model Cara Delevingne? 
No. Uh, she's she, she's she's just modeled. She does a little bit of uh, acting as well, but she is uh, descended from like all types of of royalty. It's uh, sick, and they, and then they um kind of took it all off her Wikipedia because people were were um pointing it pointing it out. But but yes, yeah, it's, pretty, it's wow. pretty ridiculous. You um, should look up Nick Kroll sometime and, and look into his background. Nick Kroll is sort of like the 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 sort of like background white comedy bro that is you know he's not he's like a he's like one of these guys that he's like kind of famous but in the social scene he's really big like in the oh, you know what i mean oh oh, oh, oh yeah yeah his father's some kind of like hedge fund manager or something cool you know cool yeah it's like a huge corporation and uh his his kid is just sort of like this you know he's just like a socialite of some sort you know uh, and, Hey, hey, no more. If you want to um, unmute, by all means, feel free to feel free to unmute. Okay, I don't know what's happening there. You could not have forgotten how to unmute. You were just up here. Okay. Maybe he don't know he is. That might be the other thing. He might be put the phone. He might be taking a piss and just like, oh, oh no, yeah, they yeah, were. Yeah, you drop her number two. Like yeah. I didn't know you was gonna hit call me um uh when I was at the store checking out when I had been walking around listening for like a gang long ass time. <laughs> and all of a sudden you're like, hey, the beat is here, and I'm like, oh shit, I'm checking out. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, um Yeah, I do it to the people. They have food in their mouth and uh, they weren't they weren't ready. You know, it's funny, I was watching a movie the other day and I found out that the character was the the character that played the child of the main character was the person's real child, and that was um, Paper Moon. This movie called Paper Moon. Oh, oh yeah, Ryan, Ryan O'Neill. Tatum yeah, O'Neill. and his daughter Tatum O'Neill, who's also the, whose mother is also an actress. <laughs> um, so it was interesting looking at all the names of people who. Um, their children, you know, their children of the industry. Liza Minnelli is another example, right? Um, I didn't, and it's, it's, it was more people. I just seen somebody recently in a movie or, or on TV. The Sheen family, right? Um, the Estevez slash Sheen family, right? Um, what's another one? There's a bunch of them. A lot of them changed their names oh, too. That's oh, 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 yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Charlie Sheen, uh, yeah, uh, his his kids is Emilio Estevez. No, Martin Sheen's kids are Emilio Estevez and and uh, and um, Charlie Sheen. Yeah, yeah. But but check this out. I found I found the the the, the scrapped that was taken off Wikipedia. I found the um family history of Carrie Levine that that's hard to find. Okay, so her first like match. Her name is, is Cara Delevingne, and her family. Uh, she's she's like a super she's like a supermodel, and she was modeling for Italian Vogue when she was just ten years old. And she's not particularly like to me, especially attractive. And I was always wondering, like, how she get so big, you know? Uh, but just ten years old, how does that happen? It turns out she has a family lineage that can be traced back to four different kings. She descends from four different kings, including Charlemagne the Great, and then. Uh, so, so she descends from four different lines of royalty, going back to Charlemagne the Great. And so, if you go back that far, there's a whole lot. But if you just isolate it to just the Delavine family, uh, her maternal grandfather was a publishing executive and English heritage 
chairman, uh, Sir Jocelyn Stevens, the nephew of magazine publisher Sir Edward George Juarez Halton, and the grandson of newspaper proprietor Sir Edward Halton, first baronet. These are all lesser lesser royalty and high nobility. Her paternal great-grandfather was a Canadian-born British politician, Hammer Greenwood, who was the first Viscount of Greenwood. Her maternal grandmother, Jane Sheffield, was lady-in-waiting to Princess Margaret. Through one of her maternal great-great-grandfathers, Sir, Sir Lionel Lawson Fottle Phillips, um, she's related to a bunch of other people, and then her father's long-term uh, partner is a major um, heritage, a, a major heiress of a giant dynasty, and the list goes on wow. and on. That was just a that was just a fraction, and she's just walking around doing Suicide Squad. Like, like give it to, give it to an actor who actually needs the money. Like, why are you doing Suicide Squad and like catalogs? Like, they're just wow. dilettantes. They're just rich people like dilettantes with this, you know, with these decoy careers. It's such bullshit. That's the and the thing that's so funny about that is they literally like if you if, look, look, listen to actors who didn't have that, right? They talk about sleeping in a car for three years before they even got a job. And if you live in LA, these niggas be musty. Like, I'm not even exaggerating, right? Like, they really do be living like that. People come to LA and New York and places like that to become stars. And then you find, look at how they live. It's insane, <laughs> right? It's, it's like, wow. Like eight, eight roommates sleeping on the couch. Yeah. Type. Yeah. And it, and it, and and the thing that's even crazier is they like, they don't live in the hood. They always live in over in Hollywood somewhere, and and the Hollywood does have some hood looking areas. I don't get it twisted because it's just, but it's not even like they're it's not they're not low income. They're just all on drugs and shit. But like a lot of times you'll get these people. You know they like you said they have a bunch of like eight people living in an apartment. Um, that, that's why in fact if you listen to a lot of actors talk who again who don't have that those parents helping them and shit. Um, they talk about like a lot of them know each other because they were all starting off together, do living together. They always have these stories about how, oh yeah, I was so and so's roommate, you know. Oh, oh I, yeah, but 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 that's dying out because there's less and less A list actors who who uh struggled or, or or hustled like that. Those are like old stories now, but but nowadays, yeah. either either you have super connected or you have um you start as a child, so 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 you were grandfathered in through your child acting career. But uh, you saw a, a meme once years ago, and it had the entire cast of girls, and it pointed like to all of them who they were all related to. They were like all related to like different celebrities. I think Adam Sandler's niece or somebody is on one of them shows. Like it's like they were all related to people. Oh yeah, it's, yeah, it, it's crazy. But uh, no more. Did you work out your muting issues? If if not, then we'll just end it. End it here. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so no Need more to get yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So thanks, everybody, for joining us. Uh, definitely share this with everybody. Always happy to have you all with us. And, uh, yeah, Teen, promote promote your podcast because, uh, you know, someone did say they have not heard about it. Let people know where to find it. Oh, damn. Did Teen go to the bathroom, too? Yeah, I don't think Teen know how to use this. Oh, there we go. There we go. Yeah, no, sorry. I was on mute. Uh, yeah, no, thanks. It's a podcast called Escape from Plan A, where we're uh, fashion ourselves a little bit after your pod, T. Uh, um, uh, but from the Asian Asian perspective. Um, so check it out if you're interested. Escape from Plan A. You got a fly-ass Asian chick on there, like Sharpay, Champagne? <laughs> yes, well, we have several uh, Asian Vitas. 
on our podcast. Yeah, they're making us look bad because because <laughs> that, that should have a bunch a bunch. I mean, we wouldn't have you. We have to get we have to get more. <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody. Take it easy. Be good. Peace out.